Hello, hello. Welcome back to my Big Sisters podcast. I'm your host, Tina Kay. It's been a while. There was no episode last week because last week I had my treat. What do you call it? A treatment? A medication treatment. I had my infusion. So if you didn't know, if you're just catching up because of the title, because we're going to be talking about Love is Blind today, I get a my medication for my condition. What would you call it? A condition? For my condition, I get an infusion every six months. Um, some of you are familiar with it. Some of you get the same treatment, the same infusion, or some of you get a medical infusion as well for a different ailment. Um, so I go every six months. Before The reason I couldn't do an episode last week was because before my infusion, I was like preparing, I was cleaning, I knew my mom was coming, so I just didn't have a minute. And then once I got the treatment, um, I also wasn't available to record because I was so exhausted I could barely talk. So we'll get into that. I'm going to tell you what the episode is going to be about today. Um, do I sound low energy? I think I'll perk up because I'm fine. <laughs> I think because Cher is asleep, like sometimes I'll subconsciously be a little bit more quiet. I don't know, but uh, I'm in good spirits. It's April 19th. I'm late posting today. Um, can I even tell you why? No, but I'll tell you next week. I'll be able to tell you next week why I'm late today, but Anyway, um, today's episode, we're going to talk about love is blind. So if you're not into that, I'll make this two sections. So the beginning of the episode, I'm going to be talking about hot topics and like personal updates. So if you're not into love is blind, I'll let you, I'll try to remember to let you know when I'm going to, well, you'll hear me. I'll like, okay, we're going to start love is blind now. So it, the episode's going to be long, but it's pretty much going to be two sections because I'll start with hot topics, personal updates, and then I'll go into love is blind. Or you, if you just, because there's going to be spoilers, like the whole episode is going to be a spoiler alert. If TikTok and Instagram wasn't already. So maybe if you want to go watch it and catch up if you're interested, but that's what I'm going to be talking about on this episode. There will be spoilers because the whole season's over. It's already viral. The reunion's done. They do everything very quickly. Like, I feel like next month we're going to have season five out already. Wait, was this season three or four? Fuck, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. So there'll be a lot of spoilers. So if you're interested in the show and don't want to know anything, this is not the episode for you. Hold on. My mom's texting me. What's going on? What is this? Hi, I hope all is well. I wanted to see. Oh, is she copying? Oh, my God. Like, why would my mom say, hi, hope all is well to me? But you know what happened? I think someone texted her and she wanted me to see it. So instead of fucking screenshotting it, she copied and pasted the text and sent it to me. I'm going to be like, LOL, hold on. I'm recording. Well, I'm going to be recording for hours. Should I call her now? No. What the fuck? It's late, by the way. (laughs) It's 745. You know how I usually record early? I'm recording late today. And again, I'll tell you next week. Um, 
hold on. Hold on. Well, I'm not answering that. I don't care. It's uh, anyway. <laughs> I'm not being a brat to my mom. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't. I don't talk to her like that. Um, and I'm not too bratty like at her. I'll be bratty around her, but I don't. You know, I don't get crazy with my mom. Uh, it's about something else. God, and I can't even talk shit about it because I don't know who listens to the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Because it turns out everybody does. <laughs> So I can't even talk shit about like some of my personal life because I don't know who the fuck is listening. I wish I could tell you, but I've been meaning to finish setting up the Patreon, but then, but then people I know are going to fucking pay to listen to it. It's so weird being an influencer doing any type of entertainment, whether it's a hundred people or a hundred thousand people. It's like, (laughs) you still have to, as much as I want to talk about everything, I still have to like, you know refrain so anyway yeah that's what the episode's gonna be about i'll just get started because i'm getting all over the place i am a little mixed up because remember i told you in one of the episodes when i have my period my cognition is like (laughs) as as much of everybody's is so if you didn't know that about a woman's period um look up all why don't you do yourself a favor look up all the symptoms to your period and maybe we can do an episode on that let me know what you think because I started Googling that a few years ago because I noticed different things when I got my period that weren't like having to do with PMS and my friends weren't complaining about the same thing. So I ended up researching a woman's period, a woman's period completely. And it's things that I never learned in school. No one ever told me. And that's very common. We don't like talk about this often. Now we do because of TikTok, but look up all the symptoms. Okay. You'll be surprised how many, how many things like all the things you experience while you're PMSing or menstruating or whatever that get validated. One of them is you're way more tired and lethargic, which we always know, but your cognition kind of, not for everyone, but for some people, your cognition will slow down. So I'm here, but I'm a little bit more scattered. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I I am excited to record, I'm excited to talk, but I find myself, I get a little bit more scattered around this time and I try to not do things that require me to conversate a lot around this time. However, why am I getting all texts? No one talks to me all day. Now I'm getting, now my phone's blowing up. Wow. (laughs) I have to turn it around because it's distracting me, but I keep checking, you know, just in case, but no one talks to me all day. And now my phone's blown up. Could you imagine? So I'm a little bit scattered. I try not to schedule anything like this for when I am on my period, because I know that, you know, it could not come out right, or I'll be disappointed with it. Like I try not to film, I try not to record the podcast, I try not to make any dinner plans or going out plans. But um, being that I was off all last week, because I was so sick that I'm kind of pushing through it. Okay, so bear with me. So this episode might be a complete shit show. I'm posting it anyway, because I missed last week, I'm gonna I'm doing my best. I have tons of notes. That's why I'm late today because I was writing out notes to try to keep me less scattered. Um, But no matter how shitty it is, I'm going to be posting anyway. I have to check my phone to make sure. Oh, she's at. Okay, okay. Again, I can't tell you guys. This one, I. There's one thing I could tell you next week. Can't tell you um, 
this week. And next week you'll understand. I'm not trying to be fucking annoying. It's not like a, oh my God, surprise is on the way. No, you'll understand. When I tell you next week why I couldn't tell you this week, you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, that was a good idea. So it's nothing like annoying. It's like, you'll get it. Okay. So let's start with personal update. <laughs> um, For anyone who's like, no one gives a fuck about you, you'd be surprised, bitch. Because I'm surprised. So many of you check on me, send me nice messages, ask me how I'm doing. Um, So I love to give you personal updates. And, you know, just being genuine and, and honest about it, it is a wonderful feeling to have people that you've never met um, give a fuck. <laughs> so I'll be giving the updates. Okay, last week... You know, I said it a million times. I had my infusion. First of all, okay, round of applause for me because I didn't fucking hyperventilate. Oh, yes, bitch. Because remember I said, I think I'm doing better. I think I could do this. Like, I'm not going to fucking freak out this time. I fucking didn't. I didn't. I didn't cry. There was not one tear. I didn't hyperventilate. I didn't freak out. Um, And I think it was because we were late. <laughs> Because I was started like on the way there. So I was fine, right? So what happens is my mom will come the night before and stay with me the night before. That way, like she doesn't have to hit traffic in the morning coming here. And just so the morning is not just so she doesn't have to drive that much in the morning. Do you know what I'm saying? So she'll come the night before and then we drive in together to my appointment because my appointment's in Harlem. I'm in Staten Island. So that's like an hour. And I, on the way to the appointment, it's a long drive. I was fine the night before. I was fine a couple days before. And I was diagnosed with, quote, panic disorder. I don't know if that's the case because I have, you know, I have my suspicions and theories about a woman's mental illness and diagnoses. And maybe that is the case. But I don't panic and sit in anxious thoughts all day. Okay. So I I can go about social interactions and be fine. I don't get anxious leading up to social interactions. I don't get anxious during the day doing regular shit. It's like certain things will set me, will trigger me, but they don't trigger me where sometimes I'll disassociate, but they don't trigger me like I don't know how to explain it. And maybe some of you guys will get it. I'll just fucking panic. <laughs> like, I don't get a warning sometimes. And maybe I don't, I've never Googled it because I don't like to look everything up. Like, Googling a woman's period is a little bit different. It's not, you know, for some people it's scary. For me, it's not scary. But the stuff that's scary to me or the stuff that I feel like is going to put too much in my head, I make sure not to Google. And... We'll get into that because I used to Google every motherfucking thing and it didn't turn out well. So I never Googled like, what is a panic disorder? I'm sure it'll show up in my fucking TikTok now. But that's what I was diagnosed with because I don't get like a warning. Like I just go from regular degular to full blown can't fucking breathe. And I don't know if it's because I hold it in like a pressure cooker. Like I I just push it way down. (laughs) Like, we don't have time to deal with this. Push that way back down and keep it there. So I think that's what it is. Like, I'll I'll let all of these big emotions, these big feelings 
pile up inside and I don't say anything. I don't tell anyone because I don't want to burden anyone else. You know, everybody's got their own shit. So I don't walk around complaining all day. I'm really one of those people that does not complain. There'll be days where I'm more complainy than others, of course. Like, like I'll, I'll, I'll literally say it out loud, like, oh, I'm cranky today. I have, I'm a ball of complaints, you know? But that's few and far between. I'm really not the type of person who everything's a problem. Like, if we go out to eat and I don't love the food, I'm not going to say it. You know what I mean? If I get a cocktail, I don't like it. I'm not going to say it. I don't send food back. If we're in traffic and, you know, it's obviously annoying, I don't complain about the traffic. I don't have, ro- like, I don't do any of those complaints. I don't walk around all day complaining. I don't complain about a lot, right? But I also think that inside I'll have feelings and I just like let them build up. So then when I'm triggered, I just fucking lose it and I hyperventilate it. But I go from zero to I can't fucking breathe or stand. I can't feel my limbs. Oh yeah. Like I don't just, because hyperventilating to me is not that fucking deep. Okay. <laughs> hyperventilate, cry. Like I think the best thing is to just, okay, so fucking, if you're going to panic, panic cry like what's the worst that can happen my problem is I can't feel things like I'll literally lose feeling in my body (laughs) it is so dramatic it's funny to me I literally won't be able to feel my fucking limbs so it's very annoying so on the way there I started to feel like ooh, ooh, I'm getting a little tense like getting a little tense but I still held it together you know, I was, I was, I told my mom, so I try not to because I don't want to um, burden her with those feelings as well. Because I can imagine no matter how old your child is, it really doesn't matter. You know, when you see they're upset about something of this volume, it's probably stressful. You know, I really try to consider how she feels in this situation because. I try to look at it from the outside as this is a mother going through this with her child. This is not like, that's that's big in my opinion. I think that moms of a child who is sick or has a disease or has some type of illness, whatever, whatever struggle that may be, it's a lot, it's just as difficult for the mother. I know a lot of people are like, well, you're the one going through it because doctors always try to tell me that shit. Like people always try to tell me that shit. Like, don't worry about burdening others. You're the one going through it. Okay, but I can only imagine because listen to me, you know how I feel about my puppy, right? My daughter Cher, (laughs) my baby, my child, you know how I feel about her. If something was wrong with her, listen, (laughs) sedate me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be okay because I love, I love her so much and I care about her so much and it's in a way I can't use words for like, so I can imagine when you actually have a child, it's greater and louder and heavier. So I can imagine that for her, it's probably just as painful, possibly worse than how I feel experiencing it. So I hold a lot of, um, what is that called? I hold, hold a lot of respect for that. What do you call that? Space? I hold a lot of space for that. So I try not to tell her like, this is bothering me. This is bothering me. This is bo-. And maybe she'll say that I do because Maybe subconsciously, I probably complain to her more than others, but I, I do try to be mindful. So if I am complaining, it's not to be fucking annoying. I think maybe sh- she's my mom and I'm comfortable. So I did, I vocalized to her, I'm getting a little anxious. 
And I don't know if I always say that because I think the day of I'm so stressed that I disassociate and I don't remember what happens, plus the medications. <laughs> I think all of the medications, like it's so much on my body that I don't fully remember the days. But I remember this one and I remember that on the way, because it was only last week, I said, I'm starting to feel a little anxious. Like I'm starting to feel like waxy. I call it waxy wany. Like you feel, I don't know if you guys know what that feels like. Um, it feels like, um, oh, like, like you have an energy in your body, like step, like almost like ticklish. Like it feels like, oh, like a twitch in your body. It feels like a twitch. Like you can't help but squirm. Like it feels squirmy and you can't let it out. And when I get really anxious, I get like that. Like I feel waxy wany. Like I had to keep, I felt like I couldn't sit still and I felt like I had a fidget. Like I was having a physical reaction to the anxious feelings. And I said it to my mom instead of like trying to disassociate or pretend like, pretend like I got this. (laughs) And my mom said, well, this is a, this is something hard to do. It's not, you know, it's not like going to get a fucking B12 shot. It's not like a fucking IV that people get for hangovers or what's the other stuff? What do they do IVs for? Like med spa IVs. It's not like that. This puts a lot on my body. It's painful. It's stressful. And it's stressful for me personally. I'm sure there's other people that go through it and they And they do, they handle it. I started getting a complex, by the way. So anyway, on the way there, I expressed that. And I think that was part of making me feel better, having my own mom tell me, like validate how I feel. Because I don't tell anyone how I feel about this. I think sometimes I do, but I don't really say it a lot to anybody because again, I don't want to burden anyone. Also, people get really fucking weird when you talk about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like part of it is like trauma because part of it is like I experienced so many different reactions that at this point I keep it to my fucking self because everyone else's reaction is so bizarre sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Not my mom's, but like I just learned to keep it to myself, but it kind of felt nice to say, I'm really fucking anxious right now. Like I feel so jittery. Like I feel so like I'm just uncomfortable in my skin. Like I just can't wait for it to be fucking over. And hearing her tell me, yeah, well, yeah, this is, this is like a big deal. It's like pretty, you know, not everyone goes through this. It's unique and it's heavy. It's a lot. Felt kind of good. So I think that also made me feel better about the situation. But anyway, we get to the city. We're all the way up in Harlem. Not all the way up. It's actually lower than that. It's like at the start of Harlem. I'm like making it dramatic. It's not that high up, but yeah, it's pretty much in Harlem. So the, okay, so when we get there, there's no parking. We usually park in the same garage and then we walk a block. That garage closed. I think they closed for for renovations, the nurse said. So now we're circling. As we're circling, I noticed there's filming fucking trucks. Because um, 
the begin Harlem has nice neighborhoods in it. I don't know if you guys know that. So the beginning of Harlem around the 90s, those apartments, those buildings are very fucking expensive. So anyway, we're we're circling. It's by Central Park. We're circling, we're circling, we're circling. No fucking parking. We, we went to three different garages. Now there's traffic because this was one in the afternoon. Now there's fucking traffic. So it's like around... My appointment was for one. You got to be like a few minutes early to check in, um, do your triage and and whatever, and your blood work and shit. And I'm already late. So I call them and I say, hey, listen, I'm looking for parking. Did you guys know there's like no parking? Like there's no parking. And there's usually not. I'm not trying to say like, yeah, the city has no fucking parking. We know that. No, this was exceptional because the garage was closed. All the other garages were full. You know why they were full? Because there was a fucking filming crew taking up all the spots in the garage all the street spots plus blocking the fucking streets I was livid I was livid because of people like myself because we couldn't have taken public transportation there you want to know why because I'm so in so much pain and so tired when I leave so you want me to walk down the stairs of a subway you want me to walk all this way when I, when my skin hurts, like it's just ridiculous. Or you want my mom to sit downstairs in the car. Like the whole thing's crazy, right? Plus what about all the doctors and nurses, um, the cafeteria people, the janitor people, all the people who have to show up to work that day to get to the fucking hospital. But no, there's a filming crew outside. So let them get the privilege of all the fucking parking spots to film what a fucking movie. Wow, so important. I'm sorry. I I don't know if I sound privileged or annoying about this, but it really pissed me off because I wasn't just thinking about myself and thinking about like, I'm okay, right? Like I'm so lucky I have my mom and my mom is so able-bodied and smart and, and focused and determined and strong that she can circle for a spot and find a spot and make sure I get there on time and make sure I get there okay. But what about the people who don't fucking have that? What about the people who don't have a parent, a friend, or a a companion or somebody to accompany them to their appointment? Because it's it's not just people like me. It's cancer infused. This is an infusion center. This is not a fucking med spa, okay? If you're in there, you probably have something going on that's above... Let's not say above, because I know people get sensitive about stuff, and I don't want to be disrespectful, but this is not like going to get fucking Botox, okay? This is not a vitamin infusion. If someone's on this floor, chances are they're in some type of pain, and it's already hard. But let's film a fucking movie and take up everyone's parking spots, and what about the people going to work? What about the fucking nurses who are showing the amazing nurses who are showing up to take care of people like me and other people like me or worse. Like the whole thing was ridiculous and it really fucking pissed me off. Anywho, it made me late. And at this point they called me back and were was like, if you're not here by 1.30, you have to reschedule. So I'm like, I'm not fucking rescheduling <laughs> because I needed my infusion. I can kind of feel when I need it. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but I could feel when I need another one. I needed another one. And also, I didn't want to fuck up anyone's schedule and hold up if there was anyone after me. And I also didn't want to hold up the nurses either. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know they want to get out at seven. Like, I'm not trying to fucking keep them there. I know they don't want to stay the extra hour. I know they work long hours. 
So then we decided, which I obviously don't want to do, go up by yourself. I'll go find a parking spot and I'll meet you up there. Well, like I told you last week, they don't fucking let Cindy up there. So they don't, they still have COVID restrictions, which I told you last week was going to piss me off and I can't even get into it, but they don't let you have someone there with you. The only reason she was able to come the last time is because I wasn't even breathing. So it was very clear I needed to have, you can have someone if you're not able-bodied and I don't like to ever pull that card. I don't like to ever label myself as dis. Uh, what is disabled. I don't take advantage of none of that. I don't have no handicap path. I don't do none of that shit because I feel like you're kind of welcoming something unless I would absolutely need it. But I hyperventilate to the point where I can't say my name. I can't breathe. I can't walk like a fucking drama queen that they let her up with me last time. Well, now if we're not going up together, how the fuck is she getting up there? So but I knew she would, right? Because I know I know Cindy. <laughs> and if you know Cindy in real life, which some of you do, you know she's getting up there. You know she's getting to my fucking hospital. <laughs> this is my favorite and my biggest flex. There's one thing about the people around me. You're, you're not keeping them from me. I don't know why. I don't know if it's I attract a certain type of person or it's what I'm drawn to or, or it's just the energy. I don't know what the fuck it is, but between my mom and my boyfriend, you're not stopping them from getting to where I am. You could say all day and all night, no one's allowed. No one's allowed. No, 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 no. They're, they're making it into the fucking hospital room, no matter where I am. So I kind of knew like, okay, she'll, she'll meet me up there. So I didn't want to delay any further. And I think I was so focused on rushing up to the infusion center that I didn't even get to panic because I knew I have to get up there or I'm going to miss the appointment. So it kind of put me in a different headspace of like, okay, stop fucking around. You looked for parking. If you don't get up there, you're not going to get the infusion at all. And you're going to fuck up everyone's schedule. Just get up there. So instead of, I didn't even like let myself get there. So maybe I should apply that to other stuff as well. <laughs> so I stop having meltdowns and like fucking making it uncomfortable for everyone. I was very uncomfortable in the lobby, but it was less crowded. Do you know what I'm saying? So I I saw less triggers. But then when I got upstairs, there was a lot of people on the infusion floor and they and they were too backed up. So they were um, running late as well. And everybody was kind of sitting and waiting for a suite. And then I started getting a little like, okay, <laughs> because one of my triggers is seeing other people like me, which is so fucked. I know, I know, I know it's so fucked up. And I think it's because it's very like a mirror, like I'm not ready to admit it. So when I see it in real life and when I'm in the center and when I'm in the doctor's office and when I'm in the hospital room and when I'm even in a hospital fucking waiting room, it gives me, it gives me a lot of like, you have no choice but to, you know what I mean? Like I'm here because of what I have. So you, I have to face it. And that's the part that gets me like, oh my God, it's real because I get to go the full six months pretending like it's not which I don't even know if it's healthy or not, but we're dealing with it. And then when I get to my treatment, it's very much real then. 
right? Because then why else would I be here? So, but I still held it together. And the nurses remembered me. How could they forget? <laughs> How could they forget the fucking grown adult woman who's ha- who has meltdowns and needs to bring her mom? So she remembered me. She's so sweet. And I was, tell- I was apologizing like crazy. I'm so sorry I'm late. Um, but something I kept doing was my mom's on her way. She's going to come off. <laughs> they probably thought like there's something wrong with this girl. I was saying, my mom's on her way. She's going to come. She's parking the car. And they didn't correct me like, oh, she can't come up. They didn't say none of that. And I think it's because they knew if I tell this girl her mom can't come up, she's going to have a full-blown fucking meltdown. The, the infusion's going to take forever. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they don't give it to me while I am while I can't breathe. They can't like give me all these drugs and stuff while I can't fucking breathe. So they have to wait till you calm down. So I think they were just like, whatever, just let her fucking mom come up here. <laughs> So they're setting me up and before you um, get the actual treatment, they have to do your blood work and check if you have COVID. They have to check if you have an infection. They have to check. I don't know. They check for a whole bunch of shit, but they basically run my blood work every time I go. And my blood work was fine. So then they check. Then they start you with um, a steroid. So by the time I got to the steroid part, my mom was there. I don't know how she got up <laughs> and I really don't care. I think she probably just marched in. Hold on. I have a nice coffee. She probably just marched up like, listen, I do this too. And maybe I learned it from her. I feel like I learned it from both of my parents because they both kind of have that like, don't fuck with me vibe. I will, if I need to get something done, I just walk in like I already work there. And it works. I do this with um, clients as well. I have a lot of clients in Manhattan where I'll meet them at their hotel rooms. And just to like skip the bullshit, if they could tell me their hotel, I just march right up. It works every time. And I'll do this if I want to get something done faster. Just act like you work there. And you'll, and nobody will bother you. So anyway, Cindy makes it there. I'm not surprised. She has all my snacks and we get ready to start ordering food because we'll either bring something or order. I don't I don't know why we didn't bring anything. I probably just didn't like prepare or whatever. Um so we ordered food. I mean you can you can Uber Eats like you can order food delivery while you're there because it takes so long. You're there pretty much the whole day. You got to eat at some point. So and they have food for you by the way. So if you can't afford ordering lunch and stuff, they they do have some things for you. But um, we wanted to get peace food. It's like part of our ritual. So when I have appointments, we always get vegan food. Peace food is so good, by the way. If you're in the city or if you work in the city, if you go to Manhattan at all, um, I'm not full-time vegan. I was for a few years and this is how this started. I was vegan on and off for years. I do this sometimes. I'll go like four years being vegan and then not vegan. And then again, four years maybe. So I love peace food. It's so good. So we decided that's what we're going to get. We'll pick like different vegan spots. So I'm doing the Uber order, right? They're starting me on the steroid. It makes you so fucking hungry. And don't tell me it doesn't because you're going to give me a complex. I'm ravenous on this fucking steroid. Okay. Now during the day, I don't like snack. I don't eat that much. I'll eat something small. I'm thick because it's genetic, <laughs> but I really don't eat that much. And 
when I'm on this steroid, I can't fucking stop, bitch. And I remember that too, because when I had a treatment years ago, my first, you know, my, my first big to do, I was on so many steroids. Oh my God. It was crazy. It makes you starving. Like you literally can't eat enough. So I also bring snacks. I knew we were going to order, but I have to bring like a bunch of snacks. So I brought all my favorite snacks. I'm like, I don't even know if I saved some for her. <laughs> I was probably trying to give her some, but um, my mom is very selfless. Like, no, babe, you eat it, you eat it, you eat it. So I started snacking already. I'm ordering the Uber Eats. And then we have to start. So you get, um, for this specific treatment, I'm allergic to it. 50% of people are allergic to it. And you have to get Benadryl. I was so allergic to it that my chest gets tight. My throat gets tight. My skin will bubble. I'll have an actual like allergy to the medication. So they have to give me Tylenol for the pain because it also makes your body hurt. They have to give you Pepsid because it probably causes, um, who's outside? Hold on. Somebody's in front blasting music. Let me check. Oh, it's my neighbor. Okay, sorry. I just had to check. What? So they give me all that and then they have to give me the Benadryl. (laughs) So I'm ordering the Uber Eats. I just thought this was funny. Maybe it's not funny. But I said to my mom, you got like 30 seconds because I sent her. I did it on my phone. But I sent her, you know how you could share your Uber Eats order so the other person can track it? I'm like, mom, are you fucking checking? Can you track it? Because <laughs> you got like 30 seconds because the nurse is putting the putting the Benadryl in the IV. Now, I don't take like the little pill Benadryl. No, no, no. They put it in my fucking IV. And I said, you got like 30 seconds before I'm out. And before you know it, done. Cooked. Out. I went from eating to laughing, giggling. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Out. And then I woke up. The food was there. Thank God. I was so hungry. Oh, my God. And then I think I went back to sleep after that. And then I had I remember I had to pee so many times. And this time I was smart about it. I brought my slides because you could take your shoes off and, and sleep and stuff because the seat goes back. You're in your own suite. And I don't know if this is every infusion center. If this is just my infusion center, I am so grateful. Um, You're in like a suite by yourself it's like a little room with just you i'm if you bring your mom i don't know if everyone else brings somebody but i wanted to talk about i got i started getting a complex and feeling very insecure everyone else seems like they were fine like nobody has dramatic reactions no one's emotional no one seems stressed out and here i am my fucking mom i got snacks my mom, I think I brought a blanket. I brought my slides so that way when I have to pee, I don't have to put my sneakers back on because you know I wear my Asics. <laughs> like, why was I so prepared? Like, this was like a fucking day at the spa. And everybody else was just in and out, sitting comfortably. They didn't order food. They're just sitting there regular. And I felt so, I was like, and then the nurse, she was like, oh my God, you get so much Benadryl. Okay. I said, why do you say that? I started getting like, why do you say that? What made you say that? I started getting like insecure. I said, doesn't everybody get Benadryl? She was like, no, 50% of people do, but your dose is like higher. And then my mom's like, yeah, because she couldn't fucking breathe. 
And I started getting like, oh my God, are you gaslighting me? <laughs> the whole thing is very dramatic. And I'm guessing that with time, I will be better at it. And I will not feel, I will not um, have such an allergy to it. Because some people start getting used to it. I thought I would be more used to it. So then I was like, oh my God, maybe I don't need that much Benadryl. Let me tell you something. Yes, I do. (laughs) Because when it wore off and I was back home, I was so itchy. I was so, my chest was so tight. It was hard to breathe. Like it was hard to talk. So I wasn't being dramatic. (laughs) But I felt like she was gaslighting me and making me feel like I was being dramatic. She was like, oh my God, you're comfortable. Like, cause I have my fucking slides. And then the first nurse was like, oh my God, you're so, you look so nice. I guess I didn't, I really didn't put any, that much makeup on. I just did a little, you know, I curled my eyelashes, did a little lip, a little lip, um, what's it called? Tint. Nothing crazy. Maybe she was just being nice to me because I don't know. I'm making it all about me, but that's how it went. And I'm really proud of myself because I do feel like each time will be easier and it makes me a little bit emotional because I am so, I was, I'm also on my period, but I am so grateful that my mom came with me and I, I was so high, but I wanted to say, mom, have her take a picture of us. <laughs> and I was inside of my head saying that, but I was so fucking high that I couldn't like, I couldn't spit it out. And I know I was talking and stuff, but you know how it is. Like I was on so much fucking Benadryl and shit. I couldn't get the words out. I was eating. All I could think about was food. I ate all of my fucking snacks. I had my graham crackers. I had juice. And the nurse was so lovely. I don't think she was gaslighting me for real. She was so nice. And she was working all fucking day. She got there at seven in the morning and... I was her last patient. And of course we ran late because I was fucking late, but she was so sweet. And I'm so grateful for that whole staff there because they're all really nice and they're really patient with me and they're really kind. And I know that it's probably not an easy fucking job and I'm probably not the easiest patient. And, you know, she was, but the nurse did say, you know, I'm on and off. So I guess she works three days and like off three days and stuff. It sounds like a nice schedule. But I am really grateful for them. So I wanted to say that. And I do think I'm getting better talking about it. I'm trying to just because um, I just I want to be better at talking about it because I hate that I almost have to like flinch when something even close to it comes up. I don't want to flinch anymore. I don't want to feel like. I can't fucking breathe because my appointment's coming up. It's su- it's like it's such a mental war every 6 months. It's like all right already. It's been fucking years. I I get mad at myself. I laugh at myself by the way. All of this drama, everything I'm explaining to you, I laugh at me too. Like I judge myself. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. Even when I have a panic attack, I laugh when I'm done because I'm like, you are fucking dramatic. <laughs> like, there, Kim, there are people dying. Like literally this is on this scale of, I know we're not supposed to measure anyone else's stuff, but be fucking for real. On the scale of what is like scary, mine is not that high. It is scary. 
and it can be, and it's a lot, okay? I don't ever tell anyone all of my symptoms. The only people who know all of my symptoms are me and my doctor. I don't tell everyone all of it because it, it's, it, it's, it's scary. It's a lot to hear. It's a lot to take in, but it's still not the worst. I'm very aware and I'm very fucking grateful that I'm on this scale of I can walk, I can talk, I can use my hands, I could see most of the time. <laughs> my vision's mostly there. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, I'm doing a, I'm doing great on the grand scheme of things. Oh, but Jesus Christ, do I fucking get emotional about it? It's like insane and I feel like it's probably because I don't even allow myself to process and go through the motions. So, I do like that I'm getting better at this and I really appreciate any of you listening if anyone even is still listening to this fucking monologue of dramatic shit (laughs) I genuinely appreciate you guys for allowing me this platform to even talk about it because I do think it helps me get better talking about it and I'm not ready for therapy so let me do things how I'm doing them and hopefully we all can look back at this and and be like oh my god you came so far (laughs) that's what I'm picturing like how long is this podcast going can we look back at this and say do you remember when you would have panic attacks I don't know if that will ever change I'm hope I'm working towards that though I want to be able to do these things without completely losing myself and melting down and just feeling like a fucking squishmallow like (laughs) I I want to do it with bones. I don't want to lose my bones while I do it. So it went well. And I'm really proud that I didn't have a panic attack. Now, healing's not li- linear. So the next time, I might, okay? So don't hold me fucking to it. I might be like, oh yeah, I went for my MRI and I had a fucking meltdown. So please, bear with me. I'm doing my best. My objective is to do these things with a better headspace. I don't know if that will be every every time. So that's how it went. And then when we got back home, it was painful. I don't even remember that night. I don't know if I walked share. I don't think I did. I think that I was in so much pain I couldn't. And then the next day in the morning, I don't think I did. I think my mom did it for me. I was so tired. Like I remember being tired. Like talking was exhausting. So if you go through the same thing, if you get the same treatment, I'm fully aware of how painful that is for you. So if this makes you feel seen or validated, it is so fun. If you know someone who gets this treatment as well, like if you listen and you know somebody, listen to me after their infusion, it's tough. It's tough. And I was pushing myself because my sister came. So you guys know I have siblings. Hello, my big sister's podcast. We know you have siblings, bitch. So one of my little sisters came because it was her spring break. She's still in high school. And um, she stayed with me for her spring break, which I'm so grateful for. Unfortunately, part of her spring break, I had this fucking treatment. And she was here all day with Cher while we were in the hospital. And she was so patient and really caring. She's one of the best people. And the next day, she was still so patient. You know, she wasn't complaining like she was bored or anything like that. But I know I'm not fucking dumb. The girl's going to be 18. Like, she's 17. She's fucking bored. She don't want to sit here while you're sleeping on and off and barely moving. 
So I think it was like by Thursday or something, I was, I was pushing myself. And let me tell you something. Whew. I was breaking a fucking sweat because I was pushing it. Like I was basically forcing myself to go and do shit because I didn't want, you know, I wanted her to have a nice time with me. I wanted her to enjoy her stay with me. And I wanted to make memories with her because she's going to be 18 soon. We're not always going to have this. Like she's going to start having her own life. She's going to start, you know, she doesn't want to fucking stay with her sister in her 30s. (laughs) It's like, I get it, you know? So I really wanted to take advantage of this time because I know it's not going to be forever. So I was pushing myself and holy fucking shit, bitch. And I was just telling you, I'm not a complainer. I'm complaining out. It was bad. (laughs) I was breaking a sweat. I was breaking this. I was in so much pain. It was so painful that my skin hurts. I don't know if that's everyone, but my skin felt felt tender, like to the touch. Like you couldn't touch me. You can't come near me. You can't hug me. Everything hurt. And then Friday I woke up and was fine. It's amazing. I don't know why. I don't know why that's how it goes. But Friday I woke up. Everything felt better. And now I just have my period, so I still feel like shit, but like a different feel like shit, you know? So that's how the infusion went. And um, I did look forward to telling you, don't ever feel like, oh, you don't have to. I don't ever listen to me. I don't push myself that often, okay? So if I am, let me. (laughs) If I am, let me. Because I really do allow myself to be lazy and, and, uh, you know, stay complacent and stuff. What else did I do? That's really the only personal updates. My sister was here. It was great. It was fun. We had a nice time. We went thrifting. We hung out. We watched Love is Blind. And then um, we were basically texting through the whole reunion. Because she had to go back home because she started. Sorry, I think I just like I'm I'm taking in so much air because I'm fucking talking so much. She went back home over the weekend and she started school again on Monday. It's her last year, so she's not missing any days, her senior year, and now we'll be getting ready for her birthday and prom and graduation and, you know, all the things, uh, but I had a really lovely time and I'm, I'm really, really grateful to even, you know, have siblings that I have a relationship with, that I have a sister that wants to stay with me on her spring break and spend time with me and, and even give a fuck to... Well, she didn't have to take care of me or anything, but she she was by just existing and watching TV with me was taking care of me. And that's rare and it's really special and I really, really appreciate it. So I'm really grateful for that. So I ha- even though it was something hard to do, I still had a really nice time. <laughs> I had a nice spring break as well because obviously I couldn't do shit that whole fucking week. And then um, over the weekend, you know, same shit. I watched The Love is... I watched Love is Blind, which we'll talk about. I watched The Reunion. And I also did my spring cleaning. So if you're interested, if you're, you don't have to. I put stuff on my Poshmark because I love the Posh. And some stuff sold already. Some stuff I took shitty pictures of. And I could see why it didn't sell. Anything that doesn't sell, I'm going to bring to. I don't know because I don't know how to find like the woman's shelter or where I'm supposed to donate anything. Usually I do the St. Mary's Church pickup. Um, or like I'll give it to someone who I know and that's how, or I'll give it to my mom and then she'll, she, she always knows people who like will take clothes and stuff. She's always helping someone. So that's what I do. I'll list everything for sale. And then what I do, do you know what I do with my posh money? 
I buy my sister vintage coach things because she loves it. She collects vintage coach. You remember, remember when we were young and the coach bags were all the rage? She likes those now. So all the rage. <laughs> Boomer, do I, am I aging myself? She likes those. So I'll buy that. I'll buy other vintage things. I buy gifts or um, I take the money out and I put it into donation funds and, and use it for GoFundMe. So I do all types of shit with it. That's why I have a Poshmark store. Plus, I really like it. I, you know, I love thrifting. So if you want the link, let me know. I usually post it in my story somewhere. Or you can message me. I'll send it to you. I think I have more because let me tell you something. I have several closets, okay? When I tell you I'm very grateful and very privileged and very blessed, I have several closets, but I'm a fucking hoarder. It's unbelievable. What happened was I was like, I think I'm, I was going through my closet and I was missing stuff. I'm like, I have more summer clothes than this. Like, where the fuck are they? So I was like, they're probably in suitcases from when we moved here because we moved at the end of 2021. So we go in the attic, we get the suitcases down. Bitch, I found fucking clothes in these suitcases from 2016. I found a whole tons and tons of clothes with tags, never worn, worn once. Ridiculous. Like it's unbelievable. So I was going through the whole thing. I still have more stuff to list. I have bags of stuff to donate. I let my sisters go through stuff. Like, it's just ridiculous. I just have too many things. Plus the closets I have. I have my room. I have the bedroom closet. I have the spare room. Like, just full of clothes. It's it's insane. And I feel like I do better when I have less clutter. So I'm really trying to minimize and just, if I didn't wear it, if I'm not, if I know I'm not going to wear it, if I haven't worn it in the last year, I'm fucking getting rid of it. And it feels really nice. Like, my room right now has way less clothes and shoes in it. And it's really fucking nice. So this is me encouraging you. If you have way too much stuff, make a Poshmark or give it to friends or give it to somebody you know, give it to a fucking thrift shop, get rid of that shit. It feels so much better. Okay. It really fucking does. I don't know why I was saving certain. I don't know. I think I just with moving and stuff, they got placed in different, you know how it is. Anyway, I got rid of tons of shit and it feels so much better. So that's what I've been doing while I'm not posting anything on socials. This is everything that's been going on behind the scenes. And it's like hard to get myself together and, you know, get glam while having piles of clothes, trying to get rid of stuff. Please. It's been a fucking disaster. But I'm finally getting back on track. I'm almost done. And then I don't know. I don't, Listing stuff takes time as well. So I might just donate the next batch. But anywho, let's get into the hot topics. What went on this weekend? Coachella. <laughs> I've never been to Coachella. I think we talked about it last week. I've been to a festival. I've been to a couple of festivals. Um, I've been to Never Seen Europe, which was lovely. It was not like a rave. It wasn't chaotic. It was really fucking nice. And I've been to Day Glow, which was chaotic as fuck. I do not think I would be able to handle that now. And festivals like Coachella, I could just tell by the looks of it that it would not be for me. I would need a golf cart. Do you know what I'm saying? I would need a golf cart, security, cold, iced water. <laughs> like I would need, no, I would be in my, all these girls look gorgeous. They're, they're beautiful bodies and the, and the cute outfit. Everyone's like roasting Coachella outfits. I think they're fucking cute. I also like ugly things. So please don't take my fashion advice. 
I think they look gorgeous. Like everybody looks, everyone's really hard on each other. Okay. These girls are beautiful. Okay. They they look gorgeous. They're having a good time. Um, It looks exhausting though. <laughs> I was just talking about this with my friend yesterday. How the fuck is Alex Earl not tired? But everyone speculates that she does drugs. Let me tell you something. I might not be able to do Coachella's and all, but I'm a partier. Despite my circumstances and despite how I feel today and how I felt the last week, I like a party, okay? I love going out, but I'm a nighttime person. I don't like doing shit in the sun. So that's why I say like Coachella's are not for me. And I'm a partier where like you get like good, a good three, four hours and that's it. But in my time going out and being a party type of club person, I know Alex Earl type girls. I grew up on Staten Island. Alex Earls are a dime a dozen over here, okay? It's not that, I genuinely, I do not think she does drugs. And I have a few reasons for that. One, I do I think she does it recreationally? Yeah, I think she probably sniffs a little coke in Miami. Critical thinking skills. She goes to school in Miami. She parties. Be for real. She probably does a little bump of coke in Miami. She probably had nights of, you know, going harder than other nights. But do I think she actually abuses drugs and that's why she has so much energy? No. You wouldn't believe it. But some girls genuinely have the energy. I know girls like this who don't touch any drugs who could drink like a sailor and go out the next morning or go to work the next morning or go to a meeting the next morning. Like they're called fembots, okay? Some girls just have the fucking energy. Like they just have the fucking gene lottery where they have the energy to do it. And I know after the pandemic and stuff, it feels like, oh my God, how she, how could she do it? Listen to me, college girls especially the ones like her, (laughs) they're gifted like that. They have the stamina, okay? It's really not that fucking hard. And even in my condition, when I was in my 20s, you wouldn't fucking believe the things we'd be able to be able to do. And we weren't doing coke. We weren't doing drugs. I didn't even know what Adderall was at that time. We were just going on fucking uh, energy drinks, cigarettes, and not eating alcohol and just the motivation of we were having so much fun. Do you know what I mean? The friend, remember the friend I was telling you about um, where we reconnected and everything? Her and I, we weren't doing fucking drugs in our 20s. That's no, but were we out and going to work the next morning? Sure was. It was just life was so exciting and we were having so much fun that it wasn't hard to wake up the next morning. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think people forget that part that when you're so excited, you can't even sleep anyway. Think about what you're so excited for. Like if you have vacation the next day, or if you're seeing a friend the next day, or if you have a concert you're excited about, think of all these, you're picking up a puppy the next morning. Like you're not going to sleep. It doesn't matter if you drank. It doesn't matter. You're going to be so fucking excited that you'll have the adrenaline. And I can imagine that's how she feels. I can imagine her life right now is so exciting. Her life took off. She's got wonderful fucking opportunities. She looks great. She's got a glam team. She got signed to, I think, United Talent. 
Her family loves her, I think. Like, she's got a great life. Wouldn't you be excited to fucking wake up every day? It wouldn't, you wouldn't even need a drug. So that's my theory on it. I do not think this girl's abusing drugs. I don't think she's a cokehead. I don't think that's the case. And I think if she was, listen, people who know cokeheads, you know what I'm talking about. You would see it, okay? That's not what she's displaying here. I think it's a very smart girl who's very good at what she does and has the motivation to get up and go every day. And she's also very young and maybe she's healthy. Do you know what I mean? Like she, some people just have a really good constitution. Like they have a really good gene makeup where they can handle a little more than others. I think that's why she's able to up and go. But the reason I bring it up is because she's at Coachella and at, well, Coachella just passed. I think there's one more weekend and then it's done. It's like on Saturday and Sundays, there's all types of parties and it's basically a huge music festival and it's an influencer thing and blah, blah, blah. She is just up and at him doing every fucking thing, living her life, going to school and every fucking, I look at the comments, every fucking comment is, oh my God, how does she have the energy? I'm telling you, I had the energy too. And I'm someone who never has the energy. We had the energy. <laughs> we were able to do it. We were out till 4 a.m. and going to work, opening the store at 9 a.m. Was it the same smoky eye from the night before? Sure was. But we were there and we had the energy to work all day. And it wasn't a sitting job. We had the energy to work all day and then we'd go out again. And we would do it every fucking weekend. And we would do it during the week. Like when you're happy, when you're excited, when you're having a good fucking time, you you find the energy and the motivation to do it. So that's my theory on how she's able to do all these things. You would be able to do it too if, if it was, if you were so excited to do it. Um, moving on, Britney Spears. <laughs> We've had a Britney Spears episode and I'll just say what I've said. I know I see you guys DMing me her videos, but I've already covered this. I think that she should be in a conservatorship. Do I think it should be her dad's? No, I think she should be with someone who is a good person. Someone who like, I know that I would hope, I would fucking hope that if I needed help and I wanted to post videos of myself like this, I would fucking hope that somebody loved me enough to be like, listen, I know you had a hard go of it and I know you want to express yourself, but either put it on a fucking OnlyFans paywall and profit or don't do it at all because someone needs to help her keep her dignity at this point because I know that she went through a lot. I know that medication, like improper use of medication could do, could cause these things. I know that she's... Pro Sorry, I have something under my desk. I know that she's probably just expressing herself and she didn't always, she wasn't always able to. I get all those talking points. I get it. But the reality is it looks insane. Okay. That's the reality. She doesn't look good. She doesn't look healthy. She doesn't look okay. Okay. We all see it. We don't have to sugarcoat it just because she's been in a conservatorship. What happened to her was incredibly unfortunate. And it's sad and it's scary that people can do that to someone. It is incredibly sad. If you really use your fucking brain and think about what she's been through, even though she's a pop star, she's not a pop star. She was a puppet. She was a pop star who couldn't experience any of the joys 
that come with being a pop star or being famous or being rich. She didn't get to, Alex Earl is living a better life than Britney Spears and Britney Spears is a way bigger celebrity. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Alex Earl can advocate for herself. She has a say of what she can do. She's got parents. She's got family. She's got a sister. She's got all these people around her. And she's smart and she's able-minded to make decisions. Like she's having a better time than Britney fucking Spears. That's sad. Britney Spears never got to enjoy her fame, her money. Maybe she did for like a whole five minutes. But they worked that girl to the bone. And she clearly always had some type of, um, uh, hold on. What would you call it? Mental illness. Uh, or maybe it was just always a trauma response. She clearly always had something going on where it wasn't treated, it wasn't respected, nobody made space for it, and they just put her to work. It's like a weird phenomenon because I don't feel bad for the rich, but this is something specific where she don't really even get to profit off of that. Like she, did she really even profit? Did she even get to spend her money? I don't think so. It does, her life seems miserable. It seems awful. She lost all her family. Everyone betrayed her. I don't know what that husband's doing. And just that alone seems terrible. She can't go outside without someone filming her. She clearly has so much trauma that she don't want nobody in there doing her hair. She don't want nobody in there doing her makeup. And clearly there's no one there that's like, listen. (laughs) Like if she was my friend or my sister, I would be like, listen, listen up and listen up good. No more fucking Instagram. No more videos. You want to you want to do videos? You want to send them to me? Send them to me. But you're getting a fucking glam team and no more fucking videos. And you could be mad at me, but either no makeup and, and you put a ponytail in. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I would look at it. Like, this is what I would do for somebody I love. You're getting a fucking glam team. <laughs> because it's about dignity. Like, think about it when... Think about like your grandparents and when they're older, you don't want them, if they're not able to move around, do you want them sitting in shit? No, you want them to have their dignity. You want a kind nurse. You want a kind aide to change them, to help them go to the bathroom, to help them shower, to help dress them and put them in clean clothes. Do you want them sitting in dirty clothes because they're not, they're not able to walk to the closet? This is the same thing, except she's young. She clearly isn't able to put herself together, right? Like clearly. And all this says to me is no one around her loves her enough to fight with her, to get her to help herself too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like obviously she has all the power now, so maybe she's fighting them back and maybe she's talking, talk, saying to them, leave me the fuck alone and this and that. No, give me a fucking break. Someone around has to be like, like, where is her mom? Is her mom a piece of shit too? Like, where is her mother? Remember when Wendy Williams said death to all of them? Okay, now I get it though. Like everyone was up in arms as she said that. Okay, but look, look what they did to, to this woman. I know she was diagnosed with um, early dementia, which I don't think that's the case, but she she might have it now from being on the wrong medications because the wrong antidepressants and the wrong dosages and the wrong cocktails of shit can do this to you. In addition to other things, where the fuck is her mom? Where is her sister? You mean to tell me no one is like, hey, babe, let's tone it down with the videos. You can send me the videos. 
You know what I mean? You want me to come over, we can dance together. I could take the videos for you, but we got to, we're in a different world now. She has an empire. She has so many works of art. So many people love and respect her. So many people love her music. So many people love what she has to give. And this ain't it. Okay. Her last memories with us in the human experience are going to be these fucking videos on her Instagram. And that's why it's so powerful. That's why it's so alarming. Like, it, it's just, it's a terrible way for somebody so talented and special to end their career. That's, that's how I see it. And maybe it's a little bit more dramatic than what it actually is. But to me, it's very sad. Like, if you, it, it, it's just sad. Like, she has so many great pieces of art, like her music. And she clearly is talented. She could clearly sing. But this is what she's putting out into the world. I mean, it's just sad to me. And I hope that, listen, I don't think her career is coming back. I don't. I think things went too far. I don't think there's a medication that could change this at this point. And I think she should be able to enjoy her life. But I don't think it's going to look the way that everyone wanted it to look. Like, I don't think she could just, I don't think she's there enough to just travel. I don't think she could talk like you and I. Do you know what I'm saying? I think maybe she has moments of that, but I don't think she's able to talk the way you and I could talk. I don't think she could do a podcast. I don't think she could do a fucking interview. I don't think that she can write a new album, really. I don't. And maybe I'm wrong, and I hope that I'm wrong, but I don't think we're getting the original Britney Spears back. And and I think that she has moments where she can articulate herself, but I bet it's few and far between. I think the abuse and the abuse in all forms, because she was probably verbally abused. She was probably physically abused. And the abuse of all of the narcotics, like we don't even know what the fuck they were putting her on and at what levels. And if that was even right for her body. And if she was even given food with it, like was she eating when she was taking these drugs? Like, and not drugs like recreational. I'm talking about what they were institutionalizing her to take, which is not her fault. Those things have a major impact. And I just don't think, and who knows what they were doing to her? We don't know if they were doing brain zaps or fucking whatever. We don't know what they were doing to her. And I just don't think we're going to get an artist a pop artist that I'm not getting choked up. I'm just choking. (laughs) I don't think we're getting a pop artist like who I can't even think, but I don't think we're getting that back. And it is very sad. And I hope she's okay. And I hope, you know, someday soon somebody steps in and is like, what the fuck? Stop posting videos and like, you know, helps her get some like, can Kris Jenner adopt her? (laughs) I feel like if Kris Jenner adopted her, this would go way better. Like, what's going on? The Kardashians don't fuck with Britney Spears? Do they have beef? Like, what's going on with that? Because I just feel like some, like a woman in charge would know what to do with this. Like, who would be great as her conservator? Um, I know Trisha Paytas is always saying that, but I don't think that would be good either. I think Trisha Paytas is a great mom. I don't think she could be Britney Spears' conservator, though. I think Kris Jenner could. I think Kim Kardashian could. I think that, what's her name? Is it? It's not Joan Rivers. Oh my God, she has the workout tapes and she looks fabulous. And I think she's 75 now. 
You know who I'm talking about. She looks so gorgeous. She's in, is she in the show? Ginny and George? No, she's not. She just did a new movie. She just went on Call Her Daddy. Let me look on the, she was just on Call Her Daddy. Let me look, let me look, let me look. Hold on. Oh my God, has it been so long? Jane Fonda. I think Jane Fonda would be a good conservative for her. I think... Who else is kick ass? I think Khloe Kardashian would be. I'm saying a lot of Kardashians, but I just feel like they handle so many scandals so well. I think Khloe Kardashian could be a good conservator. I think... I know women in my personal life who could be a good conservator. Like, there are people who... who I, Oh, sorry. Who I... Oh, my God. Who I feel like could step in and really help out Bernice Spears. But I don't know. I don't... It, it just feels like she's not really out of this yet. And I'm not trying to start conspiracy theories, but it's a little sus to me. Um, hold on. I got to take, I got to use the bathroom real quick. Oh my God. I don't even know where I left. So I went to use the restroom. I'm pulling my chair in. Sorry. I went to use the restroom and then I had to walk Chi Chi. And I think I left off talking about, it's actually been like over an hour because I went to Walker and you know how it is. Um, I think I left off with Britney Spears. This is such a long episode. I was thinking like while I was <laughs> on my hour long break, if I should just do, look, it's late, right? And Cher is at the door, at my door, pouting, crying, pacing, because I'm not coming to bed yet. <laughs> I was just thinking I should, I should have done like two separate episodes because this is so long. But then I'm like, you know what? Some people... If you if you don't like the super long episode, I fully get that if you if you already checked out. But it's like when you let it go too long or if I put off recording, then it's just, you know what I mean? So whatever. It's just going to be an extra long one. Um I want to tell you before I forget cuz I know I'm supposed to move on to like the next topic. <laughs> but I fucking tried. Okay. If you saw this on my personal page, on Instagram at Tina Kosnick. I like have been barely posting there, but when my sister was here, we tried, it's a trend on TikTok. So if you don't have TikTok, this is like, I could always tell because I'll get tons of DMs. What is that? What is that? What is that? But like the people who have TikTok knew exactly what it was. Okay. There was this beautiful lady. She has her TikTok. She looks like a Russian lady, older, gorgeous and she's always doing like beauty tips and then it was like a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago she posted a video of a treat she has once a week and she takes out fruit roll-ups she took out a fruit roll-up she put in the center of it mango ice cream she folded the fruit fruit roll-up I can't even talk she folded the fruit roll-up around the mango ice cream and the ice cream made the fruit roll-up harden a little because it's because it's cold. She bit into it and the crunch sounded so good that it went viral. Everybody was doing it, right? So there's all these videos of everyone trying ice cream and a fruit roll up and you and you fold it up like a mini burrito or a wrap or a, a like or you could just hold it like a taco. You just you fold the fruit roll up around the ice cream. 
So obviously when my sister came, who's in high school, I got it because I had sent it to her when it first went viral. And I was like, would you try this? Because, you know, I'm always trying to keep up with the kids. And then she was like, obviously. (laughs) So I made sure to have it when she was here and we tried it. And bitch, it's so fucking good. I think we had like three of them. I fucking kid you not. I think we had like three of them. They're so good. So if you haven't tried it yet, if you eat sweets, I know it's not for everybody, but if you like sweets, I like sweets, get fruit roll-ups, get an ice cream. It doesn't have to be mango. Although I know why she uses mango because it's fucking good. I've never had mango ice cream. I've had mango ice, ice pops, sorbet, um, gelato. I don't think I've ever had just plain Haagen-Dazs mango ice cream before. It is so fucking good. It is so fucking good. So please try it and let me know what you think because I can't, I can't even believe how good it is. I fully get it. And the texture, like when you bite into it, oh my God. And somebody said to me, my cold sensitivity could never, which I understand, but it's not that cold. It's cold enough to make the fruit roll up a little bit hard where you could bite into it and it cracks. Oh my God. So please try it and let me know what you think because I fucking loved it. And I could imagine if it was even a little bit more sour because some people started putting the chamoy and tahini on it. Oh my God, that must be so good. I have tahini, but I don't have the chamoy. I don't know if, if that's not the right way to say it. Correct me. I don't have that. I don't even know where to get it, but I'm willing to try that too. I love all the crazy little food. I love that type of shit. I'm dying to fucking go to Tokyo and try all all the food places there because you know how Tokyo has unique places to eat and luxurious buffets. Anyway, I'm going into a different story, but so good. Please try it. And I just thought of it while I was on while I was on my mini break taking care of Cher. Oh, so good. So anyway, hot topics. We're moving on. Britney Spears, you. I talked about it too much. You know how I feel. What's the next one I have here? Oh, AI committing suicide. So there's a viral video going around and I'm positive it has reached every platform because this is the type of thing where, you know what I noticed recently? I don't know if you guys have noticed this. I find that I'm starting to see what the pandemic has done to people. And we've all seen it like in the beginning, the antisocial feelings, versus wanting to be outside so badly. You know what I mean? Some people kind of stayed recluse. Some people couldn't wait to get outside. Um, it was It's very like polar opposites, right? So some people lost a lot of weight. Some people gained a lot of weight. Some people changed a lot of things for the better. Some people didn't change a lot of things for the better. Some people moved. Some people went into debt. Like everything is very polar opposite, right? And we realize those things. They were so evident so quickly, and especially the politics, holy shit. Now I'm seeing that there's other changes going on, like not just polar opposites, just a lot of contradictory and a lot of, a lot of stress addiction, like How do I tiptoe around this? Because I know that sometimes you can't help it. So I'm not trying to like villainize everybody. But I find that people really 
kind of look for issues for no reason. Like if there is no issue, they look for an issue. And that's always been the case. But I find that it's like more than normal lately. More looking for something. Nobody's looking for the positive. That's what I feel like. And obviously there are some people, but no one's looking for any silver lining. No one's looking for any positive to a situation or using their critical thinking skills. And I think, and I've repeated this so much, you're probably so fucking sick and tired of me saying it. Like we're not headline people, right? But I find that's truly taking over the fucking headline of something. The way people aren't reading at all, like the lack of reading is just, it's gone too far. And I don't know if it's, I don't think it's laziness because I don't think people are necessarily just lazy. I think people just, they don't have the self-awareness to be like thinking or even want. I find that people don't, people aren't wanting to be better and it could be exhaustion from just so many things happening so frequently in the last few years. But no one's even, it feels like no one's even trying to be better anymore. And I'm not talking about going to the gym. No, no, no. Fuck all that shit. I'm talking about actual thoughts, actual opinions, actual perception of things, their future, researching history, taking a minute to think, conversation. Like, holy shit. It's like, oh, disappointing. So anyway, my point is, It leads into me telling you about, it leads into me talking to you about this viral video of AI committing suicide after 15 minutes of doing manual labor over and over again. So the video, you might've seen it. The video shows a robot who is packing orders. It looks like an Amazon facility. I don't know if it's an Amazon facility, but it looks like one. And it looks like a robot is packing orders and he, and the robot does this, I almost said he, but it's a fucking robot. And the robot does the same thing over and over again, taking an order out, bringing it over to the table, taking, taking something out, bringing it over to the table. It's the same thing over and over again. And it says on there, AI committed suicide after 15 minutes of manual labor because it realized that it's the only logical thing to do is to commit suicide versus doing the same thing over and over again. Like, because what, you know, all the things going on, right? Chat GBT, AI, solving problems. There's all the, like, that's it. We're already too late, right? We're in the simulation. The AI is unlocked. It knows everything. It grows by the day. It's going to figure stuff out. It's tricky. And I realize why it's scary. I do. I'm aware of why it's scary. The only reason I'm not fully fucking freaked out is because I think we're already there. It's just whether you realize it or not, right? Anywho, the robot didn't fucking commit suicide because it was doing the same thing over and over again. The demonstration was part of how it could shut itself down. If you read deeper into the story, the fucking robot didn't commit suicide. <laughs> like, and this is happening over and over and over again. There's all these creepy AI. Oh my God, AI did this. Or AI did this. But that's not really the case. AI was probably doing, is it capable of these things? I'm sure it is, babe. I'm sure it is. I'm sure we're not stopping here. And this is part of the stress issue, right? Like part of people's stress, whether they could see it or not, is that 
we're not like our parents anymore. We're not like the generations prior. Generations prior, things changed for them, but it changed much slower. They were able to live their a majority of their lives with with very little change, right? Like maybe they went from basic TV to a color TV, where we're going, we went from Nextel cell phones, Nokia cell, Nokia cell phones to literal fucking robots doing anything and everything, phones that can think, talk, read our minds. Like we've experienced so much change in a very little span of time. That could be very traumatizing. Just like when someone has a major event in their life, they get traumatized because they're so used to one thing and then, oh my God, everything changes overnight. And if you don't have skills to comprehend that and process that, you're going to get fucking traumatized and have anxiety issues. So it's there's no coincidence that so many people have have panic, anxiety, depression. It's not more people complaining. It's more people experiencing something that the human race has never experienced before. I have no doubts that AI will fucking take over because it already has. It just, it's not hitting you in your home yet, but it already has. And I'm not trying to like fucking fear monger and freak you out. I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as it sounds and the way the memes make it sound. I think that, well, maybe I am a little too positive though. I find that, I find that I will personally be like, I find like fucking positives and things sometimes. I don't know why. I don't know what that is. I read somewhere that it's a Sagittarius moon trait. So maybe it's that. I don't know. It could be. Um, But just before you freak yourself out with these fucking, because I get them in my DMs all the time. Any top story, whatever, I get in my DMs, right? And it's so hard for me to respond my opinion in all of the DMs. So sometimes I'll just like say something short and then I'll talk about it here. I think AI is already here. I don't think it's something to panic about because it's too late, right? That's the thing with technology and freedoms and stuff like that and power. There's no pulling it back. Like you're not going (laughs) to... They're not going to create something crazy that solves so many issues or can do so many incredible things and then be like, actually, delete that. That's never going to happen. It's just going to grow and grow and grow. And it's designed to grow. So that's why these things multiply and grow by themselves. So ChatGBT, if you don't know what I'm talking about, ChatGBT is is AI. It's a technology where you could type in anything and it will give you the answer. So you could type in, how do I make blueberry muffins? It will give you the answer. You could type in, how do I make blueberry muffins with only these ingredients? It'll give you the answer. How do I, you could type in, how do I make blueberry muffins that are vegan and nut free? And it will give you the answer. You could type in, how do I write a contract agreement between myself and my best friend because my best friend wants to borrow $500 and I want my best friend to pay me back by this date with set set amount of interest and it will send you the agreement. Like it does so many things. So people are scared that it's taking away jobs or it will take away jobs and 
I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. And that's terrifying. But the thing is, I think we're already here, right? And that's why simulation theory rings so true for people. I don't know. I don't know where I where I am on that because that fucking pisses me off. <laughs> the simulation theory. Because if we're here and we're just in computers, that's going to fucking piss me off. But anyway, I think it's too late. But to keep yourself grounded, just if you just read and get more details, you realize things aren't as wild based off of a headline. And you have to remember that people write headlines specifically for that. They It's clickbait. And I know we hear the same words over and over again. So you tend to drown it out or like it causes you to not have to use your critical thinking skills, but you still need to. And it's really important. It's really, really important, especially now because of AI. These headlines and shit are made to suck you in and keep you on the platform. So that's why they're extra extreme and extra dramatic. And uh, listen, I'm sure things can get sketchy with AI and these robots. And there are tons of terrible things going on that need to be dramatized to get people to pay attention. But not everything. (laughs) You got to read a little bit deeper. And that brings me to my next topic. Okay. This is very niche. If you don't live in Staten Island, it's not relevant, but maybe you could still take something from it. I got the ZM 4,000 times because I'm always posting about be careful when you're outside. Don't be friendly. Don't talk to people in elevators. Ah, safety, blah, blah, Okay, something's going on in Staten Island, apparently. So allegedly, <laughs> there's a fucking van of two guys that tried to grab a 26-year-old woman I guess by her house, the article doesn't say exactly what she was doing. I think she was just walking outside or something and they tried to pull her into a van and she had scratch marks on her and um, like she had abrasions on her neck, right? So obviously this fucking screenshot of the, our newspaper here is called Staten Island Advance and then the website is SI Live and they have social media. Everybody that lives here fucking follows it. And anytime there's any type of... um that has to do with a topic like this, it gets sent to me (laughs) so many fucking times. Half the views and likes on that are from my followers, I'm telling you, because it gets sent to me so much because I always post about it. This one I didn't post about because personally, I think something is different going on here. And, And I wanted to talk to you about this because I think it's really important to know what sex trafficking actually looks like. Because it's dangerous to think it looks like one thing, right? So I work with companies like um, Thorn. I forgot the other name because I'm exhausted right now. But um, I I work with these foundations. I donate to them. I don't go to any actual, like, there's not a lot you could do as far as physically with victims because their identity always has to be protected. and And it's very... It's very tender. It's very vulnerable. And it's hard. You can't just bring anybody in the room to go fucking volunteer for sex trafficking victims. You know what I mean? The less strangers, the better. But you can learn and that helps. And you can share information and that helps. And that's what I'm doing now. And you can donate money. Um, and what I've learned from working with them is it's it's very rarely like oh, somebody left something on your car. That means they're marking you for sex trafficking. That's rare. Do you know what's not rare? Internet. They get the most victims 
online by the apps talking to younger people, younger impressionable people, children, right? They talk to children and young teenagers like 12, even as far as, even as young as 10, 10 to, 10 to 18, basically. Young kids, young teenagers who are impressionable, naive, and lie to their fucking parents and who are on the internet all day. It's very hard to convince a fucking 30-year-old to meet you in a motel you know what I mean? And don't tell anyone like, no, because you're going to be like, oh my God, girl, I met this guy, but this is where I'm going. This is what he looks like. Here's here. I have an air tag. Here's my location. This is where I'm, this is license plate. Like we know these things, right? But guess who's not going to do that? Little Jessica, who's sneaking out of her bedroom and not telling anyone because she doesn't want to get caught, but she really likes this guy she met on Snapchat or fucking whatever. And then she goes and that's it for Jessica. So that's the real way all of these victims get sex sex trafficked. It's very fucking rare when it's in person. And when it is in person, it's usually a friend recruiting her. And then they go meet, a friend will be like, oh, this is how I make money. It's so easy. We'll go, come with me. I'll I'll introduce you to my boyfriend and he's going to tell you how we make money and you don't even have to do anything. You don't even have to do anything. And then she brings her to meet her boyfriend and usually you meet them in a fucking motel or a hotel or a trap house or something like that. And by the time she's in that house or in that room, it's too late. It's very rarely just like on the street, a grown fucking woman. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not doubting her story because... There's obviously cases of very strange occurrences of like random men wanting to just kidnap a fucking human being and put them in their basement and shit. So I do think something happened to this girl, especially if she had abrasions on her body. But the amount of people writing in the comments, reposting and saying sex trafficking, it was probably sex trafficking, sex trafficking, slow down, slow down. Yes, it could be, but... It's more dangerous to take the focus away from how sex trafficking is actually done. If you if you want to advocate and if you advocate, oh my God, if you want to help that cause and and know what to do to stop people from be from getting sex trafficked, because it happens to little boys as well. So I'm just gonna say people. Advocate for people not sharing their pictures of their children on the internet, right? Parents, if you have friends or or if you know anyone that posts their kids on the on the internet a good way to advocate for kids is to tell them not to do that there's like literally no I don't even post my sister and she's about to be 18 I have another little sister she's 21 or 22 right oh my god I'm a terrible sister (laughs) I think she's about to be 22 I just can't think right now but I'm sure I could figure it out I don't post her because she looks very young. I have a little brother. I don't post him because they look very young. Now, they're old enough where I could post them. But still, there was a time they were too young under the age of 18. And I never fucking posted them because it's dangerous. It's always been dangerous. Always going to be dangerous. A good way to advocate for sex trafficking to to, um, stop sex trafficking is first do not post these kids. If you have friends 
or family that are posting your kids or posting their own kids, you could... I mean, if you give a fuck, maybe say like, hey, don't post the kids. Don't post. I never share any of my friends' kids on my platform. Nothing. If you have a private page, that's okay. If you only accept people you know, that's okay. But usually it's kids having social media. If you have kids who have Snapchat, Instagram, whatever fucking app, you got to be checking it. You got to check who they're talking to, what websites they're going on, what chat rooms they're in, what Reddits they're in. It's best to be knowledgeable about this is why I'm so in tune with like what my sister does because I remember a few years ago when she discovered David Dobrik I was like who the fuck is David Dobrik so I had to start watching him so I can know what apps are they using like where is the technology going what is influencing them what is all this shit There are so many layers to it. Like my sister plays Minecraft. It looks insane. I don't know what the fuck is happening on Minecraft. But I need to know. I have to pay attention when she talks to me about it. I got to know what's going on in there. Is there a chat room? Can you talk to strangers? Like what the fuck is going on? So that way she could trust me. And there's no weird shit happening where like one day she's like fucking missing. And then we find in her cell phone that she met up with whoever the fuck that she thinks is another seven, 16-year-old girl, but it's actually a fucking grown-ass man who's trying to sex traffic her because that's how it actually happens. Now, what I think is happening on Staten Island, I couldn't tell you. There's so many variations that could happen. It could be sex trafficking in a, in a smaller ring that, that's like based in New York, or maybe they're just getting so brazen that they are starting to grab grown fucking women because the other part is a grown woman is probably going to figure out how to escape faster and easier than a a small kid a small teenager or a child because a child can be so manipulated that they're too scared to try to run and adults can be manipulated but a grown woman has more knowledge knows a lot more probably has more strength probably learned a lot in her life to know I gotta get the fuck away from these people where a child, if you scare them enough, they're not going to run. So they would have to be extremely brazen. And you also have to think about Staten Island. um, What's the word? The geography. Is that the right word? Where the fuck are they going? That's not on camera. So there's no camera footage of this van. There's a picture of a van, but the picture of the van was taken because someone thought this person in the van was taking a picture of a small child. And maybe that's the case as well. But there's so many things that can be happening, especially here. We're still part of New York City and we're attached to other big places. <laughs> like, where the fuck did this van go that there's no cameras? We don't live in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't by a highway where they could just take off. Staten Island has tons of traffic. Where the fuck did this van go? So that's why I was like, wait a second. This whole thing sounds weird because where the fuck did they run to? Is it possible? It's absolutely possible. But what they were trying to do, I don't know. It sounds weird to me. If it is sex trafficking, that's that's crazy that it's happening right here and we can't find out who it is. The other part I wanted to say is um, people get real frustrated when when they don't hear anything from the detectives, when they don't hear anything from the police. Now, if you're in the case and you're the victim, you should be hearing from the police. But as far as the media, it's 
kind of stupid for them to be like, okay, we think it's so-and-so like, or, okay, here's everything that we know. Cause you think the criminals aren't look, you think they're not fucking going on Instagram and typing it, typing it in to see if they got caught to see if that person reported it. You think they're not Googling themselves? They are. They definitely are. So if the police go on the website or go on the social medias and say, okay, here's everything we know. Hello? Like, you can't fucking do that. I'm thinking they probably did collect a lot of ring footage from the area, a lot of security footage from the area. They're probably running license plates. Um, Maybe talking to neighbors. I mean, I don't know how great the detective work is here. I luckily haven't had to deal with anyone directly for any reason, but that's my guess. I, I think it's something different. It could have a lot to do with sex trafficking. It could have to do with a lot of harm, but I just don't, I was thinking it's more drug related. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know, because it sounds weird to me, but I did want to talk about that, that a lot of the sex trafficking that you hear about, it's really not from like just grabbing someone in a, densely populated area a lot of the sex trafficking rings and those teenagers were taken from recruitment and manipulation and thinking someone's their boyfriend and getting manipulated or from online getting someone to meet up with them in a hotel and make sure you don't tell your parents make sure you don't tell anyone you know what I mean like a lot of manipulation sometimes they they work on it for a long time they'll they'll groom these victims for months it's not it doesn't take a day or two they'll talk to somebody for a long time they'll they'll make someone their girlfriend for a year before they start trying to get her to sex traffic and start recruiting people it's a long game that's been happening for a very long time a lot of it happens at um football games the football game parking lots like it happens in in like in different ways and you could find all this information directly from the source and again this it could have really gotten to a place where it's so violent and brazen now that they are snatching up grown fucking women right in front of their house but it sounds i don't know it sounds like there's something else going on now is it still extreme yes it's still something to be worried about so if you're on Staten island remain vigilant i know that Living here because it's such a small place and so many people are so violent. If you didn't know that about here, if you're not from Staten Island, if you're not a native, it's a violent place. And it's a violent place in a unique in a unique way. It's not violent like living in um, parts of Brooklyn or East New York. It's not violent like that. But it's violent in a way where people literally fight each other. <laughs> they pulled over. They, the people are just so entitled and aggressive all the time like you can catch an attitude from fucking anybody it is insane like it's a it's a really weird place right but it also makes people very comfortable like especially women the girls here are tough as shit okay so that also makes a lot of women here hyper independent like girls go to the gym at night they don't give a fuck moms take out the trash at night Moms are running around all day. Like, people are very confident here. So I'm just reminding you, 
be careful, please. Okay. Cause I know there's a lot of confident bitches that follow this podcast as well. Be careful. If you're still listening, just be careful, be vigilant, do stuff in pairs, take a friend, go with somebody. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe cut down the fucking <laughs> walks alone outside wait for a friend, go to a populated gym with a treadmill or something and 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 it sucks and that's not how it should be, but this is how the fuck it is. So I definitely want to talk about that, especially because it's in my own neighborhood. Um, I don't even know how long this podcast is so far. I think it's at two hours. Hold on. I'm, I'm drinking my seltzer now. I got... um. Trader Joe's sparkling cranberry clementine water. It's pretty good. Orange is a a tricky flavor to put in sparkling water because it could taste like (laughs) it could taste like um, house cleaner really quick. It could taste like air freshener. Um, what else do I have any? Oh, I was going to talk about Teen Mom, but so many of you said you don't even follow it anymore. But basically, remember Teen Mom, Teen Mom, ugh, Teen Mom back way back when, when it first started. And remember the couple, Macy and Ryan, and they had so many issues. And Macy would always say that Ryan is like out of control and, and he's an asshole. She really didn't want the baby there alone with him. Well, basically, Ryan fully, fully, abuses his new partner if they're even still together I don't think they're together and the body cam footage of how he destroyed his I guess it's his I don't know if they're married or not, or what but he has kids with the girl Mackenzie and the way he fucking destroyed this house that his children live in is insane he had he wrote slurs all over did you see the body cam footage and it's just so crazy for it to be years later and everything Macy said was true. And they owe her a huge fucking apology because his fucking parents stood by him no matter what. And I understand that from a parent pers- Like, I get it. You're going to stick by your kid. But this is why this happens. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, when you let when you let a grown man get away with too much, even if it's your child, one day you're going to get a call like that. Because they feel entitled to do whatever they want all the time. And this is a very common thing, right? I feel like we've heard this before. Someone's husband's fucking parents believed every word he said up until there was proof. They wait till there's proof to then be like, oh my God, we had no idea. But but they were told. Anyway, I digress. And, you know, I hope his new partner is okay that Mackenzie girl because the body please look up the body cam footage it's insane okay let's move on to love is blind like I said it's a long episode if you left and came back or if you're leaving now thank you for listening to the first half we are now moving into the second segment of this episode hold on because I have notes I gotta turn my paper around okay love is blind Uh, Let me go down the couples and who got married and who didn't. There's going to be spoilers here, okay? So if you don't want spoilers, this is strictly for... Oh my God, I'm sorry. I'm drinking the seltzer. I shouldn't drink seltzer while I record. I should drink like hot tea or something because it always makes me like 
not gassy, but you know how like the air bubbles. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'm going to be saying everything that fucking happened and talking shit about it because this was crazy. I'm not that deep into reality TV. I don't follow the Bravos. I don't follow the Kardashians. I love the Kardashians, but I don't like follow them anymore. Their show is so fucking boring. Like I feel like those shows are so unrelated. I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with unrelatable or they're just boring to me now. I don't follow a lot of reality TV, but fucking Love is Blind is so crazy and it's filmed so well. Like it's not hard to watch. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the camera footage is good. It's high def. Like it's very reality based where you could see how people get this way, but you're also like, what the fuck? You just met, you know what I mean? So I like this show a lot. Okay, so let's go over the, anyway. <laughs> no one gives a fuck why you watch the show. All right, so I'm gonna be, t- I have my notes because so many things happen. This is the other crazy thing. So many fucking things happened in like three days with this show because they tried to live stream the fucking reunion. So not only do they pump out episodes quickly, right? Like with other shows where we're waiting for the next season for like over a fucking year, this one, you get the next season right away and they pump everything out and the reunion's done right away. It's insane. So, so many things happened, especially because they tried to do the reunion live, which was obviously a big mistake. Okay. The couples, um... I didn't list them in any particular order. I feel like I mentally list them in the order that they were talked about on the reunion. So who said yes and who said no? Chelsea and Kwame. When I tell you I was shocked, he said yes. (laughs) Chelsea and Kwame got married. I am shocked he fucking said yes. Are you shocked? I am. I could have sworn he was going to say no. I was like, there's no fucking way. A lot of people are saying Chelsea is so desperate. I kind of think that she would have said yes to whomever. I don't think she's just, I don't know. I don't see the connection. I think that she's a very sweet girl. I like Chelsea. I do. I think she's a very passionate person. And I think she's someone who has a lot of love to give. I've seen so many takes on her and I have not heard this one. I think Chelsea has a lot of love to give. I don't think it's that she's desperate. I really don't. Because then she would have been with some fucking loser already, okay? She went on a show to meet someone based off of her personality. If she was desperate, she would have used her looks because she's fucking beautiful. She's tiny, okay? And you know you know how that goes. She's tiny. She's beautiful. She's got her own stuff. She's not looking for money. She's not looking to be spoiled. She literally just wants a human being who likes her. I don't think she's desperate at all because then she would have been with some fucking loser off of Tinder already. Do you know what I mean? She can get any fucking guy. She's beautiful and she's smart too. She can hold a conversation. She's an active listener and you know men eat that shit up. Oh my God. You want a guy to like you? Be a fucking active listener. Listen to all the stupid shit they have to say because they eat that shit up. Look in their eyes while they're talking and laugh a little bit. It's very fucking easy. Chelsea does that. She can have anyone. She's not fucking desperate. I'm telling you now she's not desperate. I think that she just has a lot of love to give. She literally just, she has a lot of love to give. And I bet also, I don't know if she said this. If she did, then I missed it. I think she probably gets over-sexualized 
Because when you're tiny, especially skinny, tiny, and blonde, you get over-sexualized and fetishized. And I bet she was tired of it. I bet she was trying to date. I bet she was trying to do the apps. I bet she was trying to go out and stuff. And these guys probably went straight to sex every single time. And I think she really did want to meet someone. And I also think she's a very passionate person. So I don't think that she would have kind of got married. I did for a minute, but I don't think so, actually. I don't think she would have married anyone. But I think whoever she did end up with, she would be just as passionate because I think that's who she is. I think she's probably like this with her friends, too. I think she's probably like this about anything. I think when she feels a way about something, she has a lot of passion about it. That's why like, she's like, Kwame, Kwame's good at this. He could do this. He could do this. I have a friend like this. I have a really great friend and she's like this. She's not fucking desperate. She's gorgeous. She can have any guy she wants, but the people that she does choose. Oh my God. I can't even talk to her without her telling me that I'm great and beautiful and that she loves me. She's so passionate, but she does this for all her friends. And then when you need her and you want her to fight for you, she she's going to know who I'm talking about. I don't know if she listens to this episode, but, or my podcast at all. I'm not sure, but, um, she, if you need her to fight for you, she'll fucking kill for you. Like some people really just have that much love in their spirit to give. And I think that's how Chelsea is. I don't think Kwame's there. I'm not going to lie. Kwame, I don't think he's there, babe. Like, I really don't. I think they're going to end up splitting. I think she's holding on for dear life because I think she probably does really like a lot of things about him. And I just think some of it was bullshit. But anyway, they got married. I'm going to go through the timeline. Okay, next, Paul and Micah. (laughs) Paul said no at the altar. Micah cried and ran away and made a scene at, okay, this is why the internet went fucking crazy. This is why this is so crazy. As Micah was leaving, running away, runaway bride, leaving the altar, Paul followed after her like two minutes after awkwardly. But as he left, he fucking grabbed the bridesmaid's ass a little bit. He gave her a little love tap on that ass. She was smirking and the best friend who was mean about Paul in the beginning, Shelby was laughing and said, I knew that would happen. Or no, she's worse. She said, I was hoping that would happen. Bitch, this was a scene. First of all, I would have killed my friends. Are you fucking dumb? <laughs> what do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? You, I, I'm happy this happened. Uh, I would have been in jail that day. And the ass grab... But what did I tell you the last time we talked about this? I think Paul is oversexual. And I peeped that shit fucking early. And that got uncovered later. So thank you. I know my patterns, okay? I'm telling you, he's overly sexual. I'm telling you. I bet he's on the fucking internet all day sexting girls in the Reddit threads, fucking on the Snapchat. His Snapchat score is like 40, 50 billion. Moving on. Zach and Irina. Well, we know they separated because she couldn't she couldn't fucking stand him. She kept treating him like she met him at a bar. Like, babe, you went on a show to meet someone not based on looks. What did you think you were gonna get? You think the fucking models are signing up? Well, now they are signing up for the show because they want publicity or whatever. But like, what did you think you were gonna get on a show called Love is Blind? 
Like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Honestly, and a lot of them are very good looking. But come on now. Would it like what she she acted like he was a fucking ogre when she first saw him. But the whole point of the show is to fall for someone no matter what. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, because she, well, did they break up with each other? They they ended it. I'm not going to say she broke up with him because he wasn't feeling it either. He was so disappointed with her. They broke up and then he went back to bliss and they got married. She fucking said yes. She fucking said yes. Now, looking back in retrospect, because when I saw them on the reunion, I was like, oh, they really do go together well. They make the same face. Okay, if you didn't watch the reunion yet, or if you want to go to this part, the reunion when they were telling Irina off, they were making the same. They're like kindred spirits, okay? They were making the same fucking face. That is his woman. Okay, Zach, do not play about bliss. So I'm happy they worked out. And I initially was like, never be someone's second option. Listen, you could tell he's got a complex about that. And you could tell she has a complex about that. So I don't know if they're going to unravel at some point because that don't go away. But for right now, they do look like a very lovely couple. Also, bliss looked fucking hot at the reunion. She is so fucking beautiful. Okay, anyway, next couple, Tiff and Brett said yes, as we knew they would. And Brett is the fucking man. I love him. I love Tiffany too. I think she's probably an amazing woman. But Brett had a fucking meltdown. Did you guys see when he had a meltdown about his pants and he was like, this should not be happening. Oh my God. I love that. That was his wedding day, babe. He knew he was getting married. This was not just TV for him. This was his fucking wedding day. He was not playing around about this day. He wanted his pants to fit. He didn't want anyone fucking with him that was his actual fucking wedding day because we know that like everybody knows they might get married they might not whether you get yourself hussied up to see your friend's wedding if they went on love is blind or not you know they might not say yes you know it might end in like a drama it's not like a real real wedding but it could be a real wedding if you want it to be and to brett it was very fucking real to him and he took it very seriously oh my god and his parents oh his dad is so sweet. Like the way his dad, I was very impressed by this just because of like generation, generations and just because of like, everybody else's parents are always so freaked out about this experiment and always so like, well, I was nervous about it, but oh, I don't, I don't get it. But if you're ha-, like everyone's parents responses are always so fucking stupid. But Brett's dad fully got it. He is in tune. He Like, he was like, say less. I get it. Oh, I get it. He fucking knew it right away and reiterated it back to the both of them. He was like, oh, I fully get it. You know, you meet someone based on personality and love and, and oh my God, he fully got it. And he was so nice to listen to because the part where Bliss's dad was so fucking rude, he was so not okay with the situation. And I get it, like overprotective father, blah, 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 but Ew, he was so off-putting to me. And then they go to Brett's dad and Brett's dad was like, oh, I fully get this. (laughs) He was like, you don't even need to explain it. I understand. And then it makes sense because Brett is so, you don't got to tell him shit. I'm still impressed with him saying, well, if you like this building, I'll just get a bigger apartment here. Huh? And then when they were talking about bills, he was like, I mean, if you want to, but like, 
40, what did he say? Like 60, 40 the most? He was like, I mean, if you want to, but like, no. Like, you don't have to tell Breath anything. And that is impressive. But then when you see his dad, you're like, oh yeah, because his dad, same thing. Like, you don't have to explain shit to his dad. And I just thought that was so nice to see. And I thought it was unexpected on like a reality show that has to do with basically getting married in three fucking weeks. Okay, the next couple, this was another huge element to why the Love is Blind was going so viral and it was so like drama filled. Marshall and Jackie. Okay, so this couple, she was giving manic behavior. And now I kind of see why she was acting like that. And we'll get into that. But she was very all over the place. Okay. She was like crying. I'm so stressed. I didn't know her fucking dad has cancer and he's in the hospital. And she found out while she was on the show, they could have fucking included that. Everyone's saying, oh my God, she's crying. She's so dramatic. Hello. Her dad is very fucking sick in the hospital. And she didn't know that. She found out while she was on the fucking show. Okay, anyway. So Marshall and Jackie, she didn't choose him. She ended up with Josh, the guy that like showed up drunk and was like, I love you. I want to be with you. She ended up with Josh. She did not choose Marshall. But the way it rolled out, it made it look like she didn't show up to her dress fitting and went to meet with Josh instead. And that... She, because she showed up to meet with Josh on like a coffee date or something. She kissed him on the lips like that fucking day. So that was suspicious because clearly like you two are already fucking around. She was very comfortable. And Marshall was taken by surprise. Then they, then they finally met up to talk about their breakup, Marshall and Jackie. And he asks for the ring back. And Jackie says no. And the internet lost their shit. Like, oh my God, she won't even give the fucking ring back. First of all, Marshall didn't buy the fucking ring. <laughs> the cat, the show buys the ring. And I think it's like a $3,000 cap. So I don't think she's keeping it to like resell it. I'm sure she wants it as her own souvenir because she, she was still on the fucking show. And Marshall wanted it back because he said he picked it out for her. They didn't even offer it in gold but he made sure it was gold because she wanted gold and she didn't deserve it when like you didn't even fucking buy it shut up like what are you gonna do with the ring what's he gonna fucking do with it she might as well keep it it's a souvenir from the fucking show i think the ring part was like blown out of proportion i do think she should be able to keep it he didn't if he spent his money on it she should have gave it back he didn't spend his fucking money on it it didn't come out of his check the show bought the ring She was still on the show. She also provided... Okay, first of all, take it as payment, Jackie. She also provided a lot of content and a lot of people interested in watching this reunion was because of the shit that Jackie was pulling. Okay? She deserves the fucking little $3,000 ring that I don't even know if she would get money for, but if she does, good, because she provided a lot of publicity by just being messy. And I don't think she even knows that. <laughs> I don't know if anyone put her onto that, but that's true. She was so messy before the reunion that so many people tuned in to just see, oh my God, what's going to happen with Jackie and Marshall? Because somebody, I think Jackie leaked it, but somebody leaked Jackie's personal friend group chat where Jackie was saying, 
that Marshall is potentially gay. So she was, what do you call that? Gay shaming? Homophobic? I don't know. She was basically shaming him for possibly being gay. She, she called it sweet. So if you didn't know this, this is more like a, is this a Southern thing? I think it's like more a Southern thing. Maybe it's not. But they'll, the phrase is, he's got sugar in his tank, which where the fuck does that come from? But they say, oh, he's got a little sugar in his tank or he's sweet. And that means he's gay. Like people think he's gay or he's acting gay or he's potentially gay. Like that's what the phrase means. So in her friend group chat, she was saying to her friend that she basically thinks that he's gay because he was twerking on the bed. And then on the show, first of all, what twerking? That never came up in the reunion. Like what was, what are you talking about? And on the show, she said to Marshall directly, you're not aggressive enough. Meaning like, I guess she was referring to their sex life and she wanted him to be more aggressive about it. And he got very upset and he left the house and she was upset that he left but he said he left because he just didn't want to say something that he'll regret and blah blah okay so all that happened she leaked these I think she leaked these text messages but allegedly these text messages got out airing all this out so people are like holy shit she fucking left him because she thought he was gay not because she liked Josh better not because they just weren't working out because on the show it made it look like they're just like not getting along and stuff but The truth was she claims she broke up with him because she thinks he's gay and he doesn't, he's not like aggressive enough in their sex life and she was more attracted to Josh when, so that obviously made everything like super dramatic, right? Oh my God. And this keeps unpacking. Even today or yesterday, Marshall did an interview and he was saying The reason he, quote, wasn't aggressive was because she allegedly had a yeast infection. And that's why he was like not trying to have sex with her because he wanted her to heal. I kind of believe that because she said in her group chat that got leaked, I had a yeast infection and his penis is so big. So which one is it? So she confirmed that she actually did have a yeast infection which confirms why maybe he wasn't trying to have sex with her. Hello. And anyway, but she, what also got leaked was her DMs with her friends showing the dates that she was with Josh before she broke up with Marshall. And Marshall said he was more, um, he was more what? He was more confused because him and Josh were friends. <laughs> Insane. It's just, so fucking messy, but all of this got aired out right before the reunion. So I'm like, "Mm, she provided a lot of the publicity for free. Okay, moving on. Now, it's important to note that during the reunion, Micah stuck up for her friend Shelby. Did you see that? Should I even get, okay, let's just move on to the reunion. (laughs) The reunion now was a fucking mess, as you can imagine, because the last episode was a mess. Everything that took place on social medias before the reunion even started. The reunion was supposed to start live streaming on Netflix at 8 p.m. on Sunday. I was on my fucking couch. 
I was ready to fucking go. I'm texting my sister. I'm texting my mom. Is everybody ready? I got my phone ready. I'm charging it. I'm ready to live stream. I went on live on, I think I went on live on TikTok. Oh, I tried to go live on the podcast Instagram, right? But something's wrong with my phone, the speaker. I bought, I have it here. I bought like the mini microphone because of this, but something's wrong with my phone. I probably got fucking water in the microphone or something. But the audio was fucked up when I tried to go live. So I had to go back off. Um, But then I went live on TikTok and the audio wasn't fucked up. So maybe it's an Instagram thing. I don't know. Very confused. And the live stream was delayed over a fucking hour. So we're all sitting here like, what the fuck? I think they technically couldn't, like, the technology of the live stream couldn't hold the amount of people that were trying to watch the live stream. I don't think it was something like with the cast, because typically before a reunion like that, they keep everyone separated. That way you don't miss any of the content. That way they don't say any of their emotionally charged feelings before they're on film. Like you want to get everything filming. You want to film all of it and get all the dramatic interactions. So you keep everyone separate. I think it was just they couldn't handle everyone who was tapping in to watch it, especially with all of the shit getting aired out before the actual reunion. It was a fucking mess. So finally it comes on. And Vanessa Lachey is just a fucking disaster. She made that reunion so hard to watch. Her and Nick are the worst. I'm sorry, they're the worst hosts. And they already were. Like, we knew this. They're not good at their job. We knew that they weren't good at their job. They say weird shit. They say awkward shit. Nothing flows with them. Everything is very, like, choppy with them. It's never natural. Like, you know how Andy, everything flows when he talks to people? And he's funny and he's he knows how to talk to people. They don't know how to fucking talk to these people, okay? They don't see them as peers. They talk, like, they're very fucking weird about hosting. And did they ever make this uncomfortable? Holy shit. I don't know if Vanessa was drunk because she was also waiting a fucking hour to get started. I don't know if maybe she's eating less. I don't fucking know, but... It wasn't fucking good. It was a disaster. She made it so hard to fucking watch. This reunion should have been fucking amazing. With all of the plot twists, with all of the drama, with Paul grabbing fucking the bridesmaid's ass and the clips of it, with Micah running away. Like, the cast members provided the content. Like, the cast members gave it to us. They fed us. Now, it was up to Nick and Vanessa to carry the reunion and bring it home. And they didn't fucking do that. They dropped it, okay? Netflix dropped it. They fucking dropped it. It was a total flop. The whole reunion was stupid. It was boring. It was hard to watch. They weren't asking good questions. Nobody even... The most exciting part of it was Zach fucking gave it to Irina. He read her for felt. But everything else was boring. It was so fucking stupid. They... Oh my God, I wish... Please let me host the next one because they don't ask any good fucking questions and they don't know how to talk to people. So we'll get into those. Okay. So they started with asking Chelsea and Kwame about their relationship and they brought attention to that social media reacted to their their relationship so heavily because they think that Kwame's full of shit 
that he doesn't actually like Chelsea, that he liked Micah more, which I still think is true. And also, the they were saying that he faked the phone call with his mom, which I still think is faked, and that he whitewashes his name because he wants to be a white man. And they brought all this up. And I, I kind of believe Kwame with this. He said that he didn't want to use his real name because then you'll be able to tell where he's from. And like, yeah, kind of. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if you are going and you don't want anyone to fetishize you for, for where you're from, let's use Italian as an example, right? If you're in Love is Blind and the guy says to you, my name is Anthony Gambino and you really like Italians, right? You really like that. You really like that, right? You like all that. You want all that. Who are you going to choose? Are you even going to hear the rest of what he's saying? Are you going to choose him based off of how you feel about his personality? Or are you already biased now because you typically like dating an Italian guy? So he purposely said, my name is Alex, because he didn't want anyone to realize like he might be black or African. He didn't, is it African or, I'm sorry, where is he from? Guyanese or something? I probably have that fucked up. Hold on. Where is Kwame from? He didn't want anyone to figure it out, basically. I believe that, no, this is Queens, New York. It's, oh, it's unclear when exactly Kwame was born, but he was reportedly raised in Portland, Oregon. But he said he was, he said he was um proud of his name and proud of where he's from. And I believe him. I do. I believe that part. I don't think he was trying to be white. I don't think he was trying to um, portray anything differently in that way. I think, I think I would have done the same thing because his name kind of does make it obvious. Anyway, moving on from that. So Vanessa brought that up, but she brought that up in such a fucking awkward way. Like she was giving the audience an attitude. Oh my God, everything she did was so fucking awkward. How did that happen? Did she release a statement yet? Hold on, because now it is, well, now it's Wednesday. Has she said anything? Like, hold on, let me pull up her thing. Vanessa Lachey, she turned her comments off. I'm on her Instagram. Three days ago, season four of Love is Blind reunion. That's a wrap. For those of you who got to see it live, thank you for watching. And those that didn't, it will be up by noon tomorrow. What? Oh, did she change her caption? Oh, okay. Vanessa changed her caption on her last post and she shut the comments off. She changed her caption to, I want to take a moment on this platform to acknowledge the intense vulnerability that goes into our show each season. I'm so proud of this cast and their willingness to put themselves out there. It wasn't easy and this has been a long process to get to the reunion. Please keep in mind online and in life that words have weight. What you say to someone you don't know and don't know the whole story to can have a lasting effect on them in many different ways. Mental health should always be treated with respect. There's always help. And then she tagged at one official wonderful mind account. What the fuck? 
I guess because people started bullying her and <laughs> literally what I'm doing right now, saying how how bad of a job she did with um with the fucking episode. <laughs> but the irony of that, because okay, let's let's skip over to Tiffany and Brett. How many fucking times did Vanessa ask when Tiffany and Brett are going to have a child? It got so uncomfortable towards the end because Vanessa maybe said a million times, when are you guys going to have a baby? Get that baby. I want to have a baby. All these different things about the cast having babies. Then she went around and asked everyone when they plan on having kids. What? Of all fucking questions, there are so many questions Vanessa could have brought up with the content the cast provided after the fucking last episode. There are so many things she could have brought up and she chose for no, nobody was talking about kids except Chelsea and Kwame. Maybe she should have asked just them because Chelsea brought it up and nobody else brought that up. Why the fuck would you lay into everyone about it and then repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it? She must have said it to Brett and Tiff so many times and was like, I want you guys to be the first to have a, a love is blind baby of this season, blah, blah, blah. Then they brought Bartiste on with his new baby, which was fucking weird because he didn't even end up with the person that he picked on the show. So why the fuck is he even relevant with his new baby? And why would you do that after you're asking them when they're going to have kids? What if, okay, so the last, between the last episode and the reunion, it's a whole year for the cast members, right? It's a whole year. So they aired the last episode Friday But they waited for the reunion until Sunday, which was live. So if the last episode was filmed a year ago and the reunion is Sunday live, a year has passed (laughs) that these couples are together. Do you know how many miscarriages you can have in a year? Why the fuck would you ask someone that on live TV? Brett and Tiffany were visibly uncomfortable about it, as was I. And I'm not a hypersensitive person about all topics. Like if we're in a regular conversation, you know how many people ask me about kids. It gets annoying, but it's like, I understand that in conversations, people run out of shit to ask. We're not on fucking TV. Like if I go to a party or something, someone's going to ask me when I'm having kids because it's, it's a, it shouldn't be, but it is a normal question for people, especially through the generations this is the first time it's considered not normal and weird. But for years before, that's a normal thing you say to couples, right? People always ask me that because because we're together, because I'm 32. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, are you guys having kids? When are you guys going to have kids? But do they ask over and over and over again? No, because I give my answer and that's it. But I'm also not on a fucking TV show. Like people, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to be... I, I get that it you don't have to be super hypersensitive about it. Now, if someone's asking you repeatedly, then it gets weird. But this is on live fucking television. So what if Tiffany just miscarried last month? What if she had a stillborn in the year and didn't want to share that experience? What if she found out that she can't have kids? What if she knows she can't have kids, but she discussed that with Brett privately in the pods? Like there are so many fucking situations. And let me tell you something. For me personally, if I was on that show, I would get very upset because I don't 
want to air. I wouldn't be on the show airing out like my fucking medical condition, but I would, oh my God, the whole, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is so uncomfortable for anyone. So for any reason, for anyone who doesn't want to have kids, for whatever the reason is, even if the reason is I just don't want to, it's still uncomfortable. It's still very uncomfortable. So why do you keep asking? Like she knows that. Vanessa knows that. She did it anyway. So it's funny how she's talking about mental health on her fucking caption because now everyone's coming for her and calling her out on it. But meanwhile, do you know how many, you know how bad you could have made someone feel on live fucking TV? That had a live audience and they didn't just have a live audience of like people that waited outside and wanted to be there. Everyone in the audience were Netflix people. So p- other reality shows that were on Netflix were invited to to watch this reunion. Like um, Love Island people were there. At, think of all the shows that Netflix has. All those people were invited to this reunion. Watching Vanessa ask Tiffany repeatedly about having kids. It was so fucking uncomfortable on top of all of us watching it. Literally the live stream crashed because of how many people were watching this live stream and you fucking axed her repeatedly when she's having kids. It was so weird. It was so fucking weird. So I think it's funny how she changed her caption. Anyway, um, are we almost done here? What else is there? Oh, okay. So with Paul and Micah during the reunion, they brought up the video of... Paul touching the bridesmaid's ass as he was leaving to follow the runaway bride, Micah. And Vanessa was trying to say that we're making a mountain out of, out of a molehill and that that's not actually what happened. Uh, yes, the fuck it is. They literally slowed it down and it literally still looks like the bridesmaid was smirking and Paul fucking touched her ass. Come to find out, Paul was liking pictures of this bridesmaid bridesmaid as as of recently did Vanessa ask him about that no because she didn't fucking ask any of the good questions everything we wanted to know she did not ask she literally did not ask and I thought that was very fucking annoying because their whole interaction Micah was crying I don't like Micah or Paul I really don't I don't like Paul and I really I'm not I think Micah was kind of playing victim a little bit. I'm not sure. Obviously, we're not going to get the whole story, but I think some of it was like weird. Like some of it was very weird. I feel like there's missing pieces and I don't like Paul because I think he's overly sexual. And I thought it was really fucking annoying. They didn't ask. Why wouldn't you ask him about the bridesmaids of Instagram? They probably didn't even fucking know. Because they definitely don't have someone on that team doing their due diligence about everything that was unpacked on social media. And if you if, and if it was live and you had time to get the scoop before starting, why wouldn't you bring that up? Oh, my God. Vanessa pissed me off so much. Um, OK, what else? There were so many things like literally there were so many things. Oh, I have the list here. OK, Zach and Irina. So Irina came on, (laughs) even though she didn't end up with anyone, she still came to the reunion. And as soon as she got out, as soon as they turned to her, she said, I just need a minute. And she was like choked up. Not one fucking tear was in those eyes. Holy shit. Irina, I don't know if she's faking it, but it looked like she was faking those tears. 
And she apologized for the way that she acted and being a mean girl. She said that she was just in a different headspace and blah, blah, blah. She's aware and she wants to grow and she wants to change, which I believe her, especially with the way that the internet bullies people. I mean, unless she's going to go full on villain and fucking own it, she has to show some type of grace of change or she'll just be bullied because she has an online personality now. Like there's no going back. And she's promoting her business at the same time, a business that she had before, way before this show. So I kind of think she went on the show to help promote her business, which is very smart. Anywho, so she did a big apology and you had to see the way that Zach and Bliss were looking at her as she was apologizing. And then uh, Vanessa asked how Zach feels about her apology. And Zach was like, honestly, I think she's full of shit. And he looked her dead in her eyes and was like, I think you went on the show just to get famous. Dead in her face. I kind of agree, though, because the whole time, like, she went on the wrong show. She she did not treat the show as if it was about meeting someone you're going to marry. She treated it like it was Bad Girls Club. She treated it was like the real world or something. Like, she was not in there to get married. I do not believe that for a second. Because she treated him like he hit on her at a bar and he was gross. Meanwhile, you just spoke to him for hours in pods. You chose him. You said yes to him proposing. You you filled out the paperwork to be on this show. So you knew what it was. So I, I think Zach is right. I think Irina just wanted to be on the show. Whether it's to promote her business or get a following to promote her business or to be famous or to get into reality TV. I do think Irina will be on another show. I think Irina and Micah will be on another show. Um, okay, what else? Let me look at my notes. Oh, I think that's it for all the drama. Um, something I wanted to talk about was the behind the scenes drama now, and then we can wrap this up because I know this is very long. So I didn't know this, but uh, Business Insider just put out an article saying that how, basically saying how the love is blind and the hell on earth it is for the cast behind the scenes that they don't feed them. They hold back food. So the, these people are starving. They're exhausted. They only see sunlight if they have to use the bathroom. That the first season, it was 15 women in one trailer together. And that one of the girls took her mattress off of the bunk in the trailer because she was pretty sure that that trailer, that her bunk was going to fall down and she'd rather sleep on the floor. There was roaches in the trailer um, that they basically just, they don't feed them. They just provide them alcohol that people felt suicidal and brought that up to producers and producers ignored it. They end that the cast of season one um, faced, tried to create a lawsuit and sue the production company for the poor treatment saying that they didn't abide by labor laws, that they should have had appropriate amounts of break and food and a safe place to sleep at night, but they didn't win the lawsuit. So I kind of believe it because that makes a lot of sense for how the cast acted this season. Like once I heard that and read the article, I was like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. They kind of put, it's like the experiment. What's that? There's an experiment that, this happened. It's like called, is it called the Stanford experiment or something like that? 
And I know this is an experiment about love, but there was an experiment of trapping people in a room and causing them to like trauma bond. And it's fucked up. Don't Google it. It's very depressing and creepy. But this is like, uh, people are like comparing it to that, right? Because you have all of these people in small rooms. So now it makes sense when they're talking to each other, they talk to each other for hours. And you know how so many times the cast members say what we went through only you get it. He understands what we went through, what we went through as a cat, what we went through as friends in there. And they make it sound like they went to fucking war, but meanwhile, they're just on a show. But this could be why. They are pushed to extremes. Think about not being able to eat what you want, not being able to use the bathroom when you want, not seeing sunlight for days or weeks on end, not talking to your family, not seeing anyone, not being in society with people and just with the people in your group. You're, you're like forcing each other, you're forcing these people to fucking trauma bond. Like you're literally putting them in a very weird situation, almost like weird prisons. Of course they're going to fucking bond in there and share everything and be crying and acting super fucking dramatic. All of that makes sense to me now. Because before I'm like, this is weird. Like they keep saying weird shit, like what we went through. I can't believe you did that after everything we went through. And it's like, you're just on a fucking dating show. What are you talking about? But if they're being kind of like starved, fed tons of alcohol, sitting in a room by themselves for hours, no sunlight, having to refilm something, repeat something, um, share your deepest, darkest secrets on camera and not know which part of it is going to be shared. That's why Tiffany probably fell asleep. That's why we saw Brett drinking Red Bulls at one point. Because I'm like, what? Drinking Red Bulls, all they're doing is sitting and talking. Like, what the fuck is going on? This is why. Because they're pushed to extremes. They're filming for hours. They're pushed to talk for hours. Therapy is only 45 minutes to an hour on purpose. Even this is talking too long, but I kind of did take a break. You're not supposed to, like, unpack heavy feelings for too long. It starts making you a little bit, like, it gets, like, toxic. It gets unhealthy. So no wonder... So many crazy things were happening. Also, Irina alluded to the fact that the producers forced her to go to Mexico anyway, despite how she felt about Zach. And if that's true, that fucking makes a lot more sense to how she treated him when they were there and how also the way they were so drunk. Like, did anyone else notice they were fucking all very drunk? And even when Irina and Micah were being mean girls in the pool and just everyone being very inappropriate... I can imagine how that can happen after everything they've been through, been through allegedly, if these things that go on behind filming are true. Also, it's important to add that the cast, that the prior cast of The Bachelor kind of complain about the same thing when it comes to food and alcohol. But this is like kind of a known thing. Producers will, that's their job. Their job is to kind of incite some drama. So what do they have to do? They have to get you in a mental state of not being yourself because if you go, because think about it. Like when I watch the show, I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't even be able to be on this show because I'm not kissing nobody like that. I'm not having fucking sex with you after we just met. Like we get to Mexico because we just met and you think we're hooking up like that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the actions were very like, oh my God, I don't think I would ever do that. Like, that's crazy. You're in love. Like you're going to marry this guy. You're literally in love. You never even lived with him. A lot of this shit makes sense now. 
like the crying and the repeatedly saying, oh my God, what we went through, what we went through, what we went through. Now I'm kind of like, oh shit. Like (laughs) they were in a really weird position. They probably did go through some shit in those fucking pods. So that's my thoughts on it. If I skipped anything, I'm sorry. I mean, it's a long episode. We can always talk about it again. Let me know your thoughts. I'm going to go because clearly you can hear my voice. I'm like exhausted and it's just time to wrap it up. We we did too much on this episode. I hope the long one makes up for missing last week. I hope you enjoyed it. If you listen to the whole thing, if you listen to it in sections, let me know what you think. I'm going to go. I'm going to eat something because it's been like, it's been a little bit. All right. I love you guys. Um, Stay well and I'll see you next week.